messages. We'll be right back. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Wherever I go, he goes. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. Kiss sister, kiss sister, kiss sister. Wherever I go, you're gonna go. Kiss sister, kiss sister, kiss sister, kiss sister and me. My buddy and kid sister. Each sold separately from Play School. started the same way. Here we are. We're back again. We're back here. again. Yay. We're in a basement. like a rap. Yeah. yeah. Like a like a Saturday night movie sleeper. Of sleepovers. Sleeper. A rap. Hey, here we are again live. Remember, there was always, uh, there was a stretch of time there where there would be like a rap at the end of the movie about the movie. I mean, we might have had this discussion because Monster Squad does it. We might have talked about it in Monster Squad. What do you mean a rap? I mean, like at the end they'd say yeah, the like the song is there's like a oh oh yeah oh, I thought you meant like a, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm thinking like a rap as in like you know like they they all made it out okay and little did we know that um you know like remember at the end of the hot for the teacher video where you see what happened oh, to them yeah, all yeah. I thought you meant that kind of rap like where are they now as opposed to you're talking about like like MC Hammer like uh, Ninja no that's Vanilla Ice Ninja, <laughs> well the, the Ninja. Hammer had one for the Adams Family yeah. Um, too li um, not too legit to quit. Um, they do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live how they want to live, play how they want to play, dance how they want to dance. But the Adams family, Waxwork two or one, one of them has a rap about Waxwork. Who who does that? Is it like Tone Loke? I don't remember. It's a Waxwork. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Tone Loke impression. Um, welcome to Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. Um, Jay Blake's with me. As always, uh, I'm here, Dion Baya. I'm sick, I'm getting over, so you might. I, I might, don't know. You know how it feels. Yeah, yeah. I, I've caught whatever you've had for three years. <laughs> Blake's clean as a whistle. I'm, um, I'm struggling here. It's because we had the window open. Yeah. Today's cast. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm sweating. I'm it's smelling. A little reference to the thing cast we did. Yeah, we did the John year. Carpenter thing cast where we did 4D or is it 5D? We had the window open and you got pneumonia that yeah, we yeah. that you of course were like I'm fine and then <laughs> you know it was one of those things you didn't want to go to the hospital like Jim and things on fire with uh, blow torches just to you know feel Make like sure you're they in the weren't movie. the thing yeah you're like is your dog the thing I was like you're not gonna <laughs> light it on fire <laughs> um so um yeah we're back we, we we celebrated our 50th ish episode 50th ish we had a brand new side cast which brand was new side cast fun um which i don't know if it was of an interest to anybody but us but it was fun i mean we had, we had a lot of talking and it was it. it was a lot of like in in you know in the um what do you call that? In the scene knowledge or, you know, that kind of thing. Like uh, a lot of interesting banter. Yeah. Um, Behind the scenes of Saturday Night Movie Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and it was fun stories. I mean, come on. I mean, at this point, we're, we're old friends. We're back again. We're, we're, you know, everybody here. We're all friends here. So old friends. Um, you'll know, you occasionally hear me drinking through this because I'm drinking just vodka to try to kill vodka and whiskey mixed together. Like my grandma used to say, just to kill the, the stuff in my throat. But. Aside from that, we're we're ushering in the summer. I know we're hitting the summer summer of sixteen with a bang. With a with a bang with a triple bullet. <laughs> number <laughs> one with a bullet. Number one with a bullet. We're coming in with one of maybe the greatest movies of all time. It, it is certainly. 
I would say that it is the most sleepover movie of sleepover movies that we've done thus far, in my personal opinion. Wow, you're putting a declarative <laughs> statement out there. It's the most sleepoverish of sleepover movies. Um, it's the most sleepover movie. Yeah, I think that we've done to date. It's also a big budget movie because a lot of times when we when we like to place the um, when we when we like to ordain a movie being the most sleepoverish movie, sometimes these movies are like a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like as a budget, you know, this is like you know, this was ten million dollars. This, this one was, was a... firing on all cylinders. Ooh, it's it's amazing. Now you know, I think it's it's a movie that's become thought of as being like so bad it's good, but I'm gonna say. It's just plain good. Yeah, that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. It's 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 it's. There's nothing bad about it. It's um. I don't. I always say people say things like guilt, a guilty pleasure. I don't feel guilty about any of my pleasures. No, you know? no, like no. I embrace them all. Yeah, do oh, that's equally. Cool. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Like I don't feel guilty because I like something. Yeah, you know, and I just, if I like it, I fucking like it. Yeah. God damn it! You're saying you're getting it out. Get all worked up. Yeah, calm down, calm down. I can't take care of you today because I'm sick. <laughs> <Okay. coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, there it is, all the mucus and membranes. Um, yeah, you know it does get a bad rap, but I, you know it's. It, I think it's it's like a, it's a double edged sword there because it is getting its due, but then it's getting its due because people are calling it like you're saying a guilty pleasure, or people are saying mm-hmm. it's so bad it's good, you know. So. People, it's not forgotten in the annals of sleepoverdom, you know, like other movies are of its time. I mean, not certainly within you and I or our listeners or this podcast, but you know, this is be- this has gone on in the annals of movie history as maybe one of the greatest action movies of all time. Well, it's certainly, certainly is, of the eighties. It's it, the apex. Yeah, I mean, it certainly embodies the notion of eighties action. <laughs> I mean, I think it took it to that level where this might be the the climactic orgasm of 80s movies and then from there it just either stayed the same level or they went down i mean i don't know what can really be well i mean for those of you who somehow managed to download this without figuring out what movie we're talking about (laughs) yeah by accident we're talking about a classic from 1985 called commando yeah directed by mark l lester mark um, l lester starring um this unknown german actor who you may not know who he is i'm sorry austrian actor um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, if I'm pronouncing that right, from uh, 1985. Um, Marco Lester. We were just commenting before we started rolling about how he had like a great run of sleepover classics. I can't believe this guy. I've never really heard of him, and that's probably my own fault. But he's got a whole bunch of sleepover classics. I mean, his his first movie starts in '73. He's directed up until 19, uh, 2014, but. In the from like seventy nine to for, like yeah for me it starts with Roller Boogie yeah well, I don't know if you've ever seen I've it. never seen Roller Boogie I've I seen mean, Class of eighty four which I, is his next movie and I'm not sure whether I ever mentioned it on cast but I watched it late night on like the antenna you know aerial television <laughs> again we were always bringing that up the t- antenna TV on, we're uh, plugging I can't remember which channel it was on but I I started watching I watched you know I came in slightly late but it's a Wait, I might have seen Roller Boogie. It's with uh, Linda Blair. Yes, yes, and I've seen. I might have seen Roller Boogie on an antenna too, and they're yes, and it's all them just doing like it's. it's they're basi- trying to like save a. It's basically um, a staying roller. alive, right? In in a uh, in a roller rink. In a roller kind rink. Of. I mean, this, there's more of a 
different. There's a different story. But there's those big, there's big, and they're big like like um, sequences of them just dancing to music and like you know all like sequence the roller boogieing. I feel like some mob guys trying to take over the roller. You gotta watch out with the mob guys taking over the roller rink. It's like in the seventies, they either went after roller rinks or car washes, you know, (laughs) or Chinese restaurants, or Chinese restaurants. Dragon. Yeah, with the Bruce Lee has to come in. Uh, but classic, classic, Linda Blair. And then his next movie is Class of 84, which I think some people have heard of. But then after which that... Which comes out in 1982. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he was thinking ahead there for Class of 84 and 82. And then he has... Firestarter is a pretty serious freaking movie. Firestarter. That's bona fide. Drew Barrymore and the great George C. Scott. The great George C. Scott. And let's not... Great re- score, too. And let's I not think f- Tangerine Dream does the score, if I'm not mistaken. Let's not forget uh, Art Carney's in that as well. I, I love myself some Art Carney. And then followed up after... That's 84, 85. Here's Commando. Then we have Armed and, Dan- Armed and Dangerous. We have another class in 1999 and 1990. He's very forward-thinking there. <laughs> Showdown in Little Tokyo. And then Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, the great Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. Yeah. And I feel like his next one, Extreme Justice, is something we should know about. We should know, but we don't. Yeah, we don't know about, you know. <laughs> and then Night of the Running Man after that, uh, maybe, you know, that could be a, a sequel. But so uh, that's Mark L. Lester, and he did this movie in 85 uh, called Commando. And, uh, you know, this is one of these movies where, um, hell, I think we've talked about Schwarzenegger a little bit on our Terminator cast. Um, which was last year. I'm sure we talked a little, <laughs> a little more than just a little bit. About yeah, a little bit about him on, on our on our Terminator cast, Schwarzenegger. And but also, I think we need to mention. You know, occasionally I'll make a declarative statement that certain people occasionally should, should be uh, inserted into the Sleepover Movie Hall of Fame. Yeah, I believe Carpenter we put in there. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the yeah. others. Uh, a whole bunch. We should of have people. been writing them down. Yeah, maybe it was somebody, a writer, one of, or a special effects guy. Yeah, somebody. But Joe Silver produced this. I mean, we've thrown a lot of people into the Sleepover Hall of Fame when we bring them up because I we're mean, like we're, they're alumni. We're like you know. Well, there's alum. There's sleepover. There's Saturday Night Movie sleepover alumni. Who, yeah, who get brought up. And then there's like the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Famers, which is like Smith and uh, maybe Savini, I think. Uh, Savini might go in there, but there's been there's been specific people. Yeah, and I'll say that Joel jo- Silver. Joel Silver. Well, could just as a producer, he produced yeah, as this a movie. producer. Well, first of all, yeah. associate producer of the Warriors. Never really sure of what associate. Well, we might have had Walter Hill in there then. Well, Xanadu. Yeah. Forty eight hours. Of course. Uh, Brewster's Millions, yeah, of course. Weird Science, the remake, not the original. <laughs> yep. Uh, Weird Science, Commando, Jumping Jack, Flash, Lethal Weapon, Predator, Action Jackson, Die Hard, Calm Down, Wayne, Calm Down, Rabbit, Lethal Weapon Two. We're not Die even Hard out of the eighties yet. Jesus, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Predator Two, Hudson Hawk, yeah. Ricochet. I love myself some Ricochet. <laughs> the last that's Boy a sleepover Scout. classic. Lethal Weapon Three, Demolition Man, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Demon Knight, yep. Assassins with Stallone, Fair Game, which was which certainly a movie that you Sydney rented. Crawford, yeah, <laughs> you rented for the boobs. Dude, did she get naked in that? Yeah, well, I missed that. Executive but. Decision, ooh, Bordello of Blood. The list goes on and on and on. The Matrix. Yeah, so Joel Silver, the producer of this movie, hall of certainly famer. a Hall of Saturday Famer. Night movie sleeper Hall of Famer for sure. And um, this is a movie where I, I had. This tape when growing up, where my father taped Karate Kid at the t- at the head end of the tape into the premiere of Terminator on freaking uh, HBO, so it had to dun 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 dun, and then after that, it went into this movie, that Commando. Is, that is a fucking that is a tape, right okay? There. Yeah, that and then sleep that sleep, and then gold. yeah, well, and then after that, after this movie ends, 
right? You know, like when you tape over something and then you could see the other thing coming back, okay? Yeah. You yeah. know what was coming back? It's Empire Strikes Back when they're at Cloud City and you see, like, um, it's funny because it's going fast for a second. So Han opens the door and Vader stands up and grabs the gun and it goes fast <laughs> into his hand. And then, then that's when the tape works, you know? And it's like, whoa. So my dad must have taped over. He must have had, after Terminator, Empire Strikes Back on, and then he taped that over with Commando, and then that's where it comes out. So then I used to watch the end of Empire Strikes Back, you know, right there. My favorite tape was you had a tape with the Beguiled on it. My, I had a tape yeah. with the Beguiled on it, yeah. And we watched it on that tape. Yeah. And I don't know, it was like somehow it got edited weird or I don't know what was on but it's like you know it was, it was it, it, I taped that off of uh, A&E we watched The Beguile together yeah yeah okay <laughs> that does not seem like a movie you'd want to watch and uh no I mean it's a great movie and I, you know I liked it when we watched it yeah uh but it was like you know and it had something that was like you've been watching or like coming up next yeah it was or, A&E and it was like somehow there was a perfect edit where it was like you know, coming up the the beguiled, but it was like the begotched. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what the second movie was. The begotched. It was like starring Clint Eastwood, the begotched. That's I do remember you. So I remember that joke. The begotched. You like the begotched from 1971, the begotched. Um, but this this movie Commando has lived in the annals, annals, <laughs> right in the annals, annals of history. I mean, for a while there, it was so. It was just these are movies you can't make anymore. These are these are this is a perfect example of eighties cinema, which we did a sidecast on on, on action movies in, the, in yeah. the action genre in eighties action movies where I can't see now you can't really make a script and, and write a spec script or even a script that you want to produce and make where it's just like this kind of a plot where I mean, no, don't get me wrong, you have this plot all the time in like a taken. But yeah, the, but I was just say, I mean this, this is this movie's the original taken. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, this is this is the, they remade Taken and uh, or Commando, they called it, was it like, Taken. Let's, you know, it was you know, the Taken is this is the original Taken. Had the Taken existed, the like the the tagline for like the sales pitch would have been like commando it's like taken meets first blood <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah because there's, there's troutman all over it with his with his yeah, uh, yeah. guy and even kirby. The, with kirby and even the deleted scenes um you know they they they, they kind of make it a little more uh uh troutmanish uh, yeah. rambo we'll get to that but yeah this is but it's just so fantastical just the suspension of disbelief in the movie and then they i i watched the special <laughs> features on the dvd uh, before we we sat down and watched it, and they say that they, uh, this is one of these contentions which I don't necessarily believe, and it's much like the George Lucas, where George Lucas says now he knew after doing Star Wars that he had all pe- them penned out, or even before Star Wars, he said I had all Epic Nine yeah. already written, and you know, and Star Wars just happened to be, and I'm like kind of like well, I don't believe you, you know, I you know I know if you go back and if you watch that, just, um, the people versus George Lucas, they say like he mentions it maybe at the beginning of. Um, Empire Strikes Back, but I I don't really necessarily think he had the beat structure for every script done. And the reason I bring that up is because here in the special features in 2007 DVD release, they're saying that they did it at the time uh, knowing that it was making fun of itself. And I don't believe that. I think that they full-heartedly, you know, did a good 80s action movie. And then, you know, it's kind of ridiculous because it's so ridiculous. And then they're like, well, "Well, you know. I do think think it's a... I mean, I'm saying in the context of 1985 or yeah, 84. Yeah. But I would say, like, I, what, I understand what you're saying is that it's not, <clears throat> like, parodying itself. But I do think that it is a film that's 
a little tongue-in-cheek and doesn't take itself that seriously. Yeah. Which I think is why it works really well. Yeah. I mean, all like the one, like Arnold's one-liners and stuff. But and also he, just he like... Says every one line, <clears throat> he says every one-liner from Terminator. He says, I'll be back. He says, wrong. He says, fuck you, asshole. He says, I think I'll be back twice. So it's like he's really using all those... I'll be back twice. Twice. <laughs> Bennett's. <laughs> twice, Bennett. <laughs> I'll be back once. And then I'll be back twice. <laughs> so you watch out. So you just be careful. <laughs> you, be, you watch yourself. I'm coming. I'm coming. Come on. Yeah. I'm coming back twice. And Sally's like, we got to get to the plane, Matrix, because you got to get this three-hour check-in, Matrix. I've only come back once so far. Are you checking luggage, Matrix? Because we got to get in the airport security. That's my terrible David Patrick Kelly impression. Um, so it seems like they're just riding the coattails of people liking it now because of the phenomenon. Yeah, it's so yeah. bad it's good or it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they're like, oh, yeah, of course. We thought that the whole time. Well, and it's like, yeah. But, you know, like I said, I mean, like, there's some there's some great... St- well, obviously, we said all the one-liners and, like, you know, there are some classic lines. But even, like, the fact that, like, that security guard in the mall is, like, just hitting on those chicks when we cut to him. Well, and not only that... <laughs> it's funny. I mean, so it's like it's certainly a movie that's not taking itself I mean, all that seriously. Since we're talking... You want to come watch me kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, he's one real ugly motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, that, that mall in particular... That that's the Sherman Oaks Galleria. The Galleria. I was going to say it, but I have a note. Yeah, that's from about the Galleria. Terminator 2. They they shot Terminator 2 there where they had the big action sequence. But it's funny that you bring those security guards up because you think of a mall guard, and that's become a parody yeah. in itself, like well, a mall cop. These guys are dressed as state troopers. They have guns. There's like 40 or 50 of them. It was I mean, the 80s, man. Everybody. Yeah. Who, know, who knows what was going on <laughs> at malls at that time? You know, but they look like they look like um, the state troopers right out of um, freaking First Blood, like you said. Don't they look like, like Brian Dennehy's team? of, you know, they have the dark green. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also, it's like the same outfit as, uh, what's that Nickelodeon show? It was like, took place in like the department store after hours. Today's special? The, with all the puppets. Yeah. Like, Today's wasn't special. Wasn't there like a puppet that was a security guard? Oh, yeah, guy? he was the head security guard, the puppet. Yeah. <laughs> well, his was a little more, uh, I can't see him being battling Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be a great, uh, Somebody does some sort of one of those. Uh, you there know, was a mystique mod. about security guards back in the eighties. <laughs> there was they, they do like a parody. And they insert the old man who's the head of security from today's special. And now, see, now we're going real deep into the weeds here for people who who had Nickelodeon. Look, in the if 80s. you're listening to this show, chances are you know what today's special. Yeah, was. you know the mannequin who you take his hat off, he turns into a mannequin. Which I wonder if that's pre-mannequin. Like I wonder if somebody was watching today's special with their kid at home, like. You know, if we put a girl in here, if we substitute yeah, a hot-ass girl. girl and some young uh, <laughs> 18-year-old who's really horny, who's just uh, got a night job as a watchman, and we put the mannequin as control, and we throw, we'll throw a gay guy in yeah, there, too. Classic. Yeah, classic. That's one. a sleepover That's classic. A, yeah. uh, does she get new to that, I wonder? I don't think she does. Yeah, but I'm sure there's... I would remember that. I'm, I'm sure there's, like... There's implied... Yeah, like where you see her butt or something or, or, or something. I feel like... You remember when they're rolling around, and then, yeah. like, the, the guy catches him, and he's rolling around with the, with the mannequin, <laughs> and he, he, the guy's like, what are you doing? James Spader, in a really weird part for James Spader, he's, like, the weaselly... Who's the guy? I always remember the dude who um, was like the greasy, oily guy. He's like, I want to have sex with you. Remember, he kept saying it to the girl, and he's and the girl's like pushing him off. She's like the bad girl, and maybe she's Spader's girlfriend, but she brings, when they get into the store, I mean, we're not even talking about Commander. <laughs> but when they get into the store, there's like some Italian or some guy with like, I remember, I remember him being like real hairy and like, you know, yeah. he's like he's Greek or Italian, and he's, and he's talking about sex. He was saying some words when I was little. I was like, oh, he's had sex, you know? 
So anyway, yeah, so as we digress, yeah, um, mannequin, good movie. So we're talking about um, malls, but the whole movie is just like such a guy. I mean, I love the machinery in it, and like the, the um, just you, 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 it doesn't take itself, it 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 doesn't take itself seriously. But at the same time, I you're like you said, I don't think it parodies itself. Yeah, yeah. It takes itself seriously enough that it believes what everything like the the it 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 kind of uh, the people in it kind of justify the actions that are taken so it's like they they don't look at it like it's a parody so it's all believable to them well i mean the reason that <clears throat> i mean we're, this is getting a little kind of in the weeds here as you would say but like a good parody film takes itself totally seriously that's why it's funny yeah you know like airplane yeah like they play it like almost too straight yeah yeah, yeah. or like hot shots and stuff yeah. I and mean, that's what works about it and this is the definitely not that no i mean it's definitely just like big and why do you think like 80s action like what was it about the 80s was it just like that 80s excess well, i think a we, lot of cocaine well, this is what we <laughs> yeah. yeah i think we you know like what was it about the 80s that I think like, it was made the, it possible for that to happen i think it was the progressive buildup. <clears throat> we talked about action movies and like you know the people like you know in the late 60s with the wild bunch going to like you know the vigilante copter to yeah. harry and then you know bullet and then into the mid 70s you have you know you get and get in there and then you have charles bronson and then you hit like the you know the you hit Stallone, and then by the time you get Rambo, First Blood, and then you have, like, the Conan movies, and then, you know, you hit, like, 84, and you have these guys that are Stallone and Schwarzenegger who are basically perfect, like, human specimens of, you know, like, they're almost like Greek gods, yeah. especially Schwarzenegger, who he, he's Mr. Universe at the time, and he can act. I mean, a lot of people will knock Schwarzenegger for bad acting, but I think he's uh, he, he's brilliant. In Terminator, I think it really, it, you know, people may not think that's a hard role, but to play a robot that well, I think is brilliant. And then in this movie, too, I think he's great. Yeah. You know, I think he, you know, you, you can't really slag him off as being a bad actor. And I think that's another reason why this movie kind of works is because he's not, he takes it seriously and he does it effectively. So I think by the time you, like you're saying, you get to the 80s, you have these guys in these roles. Now, do you, th you, know? do you think of anything prior to First Blood? Which is 82. Yeah. Do you think, like, First Blood is, like, really the beginning of that, like, 80s military, you know, shoot -em up action movie? I can't, can you think of anything that comes before I'm that? drawing a blank, but I feel like there must have been others. I mean, like I said, we had Eastwood, we had Charles Bronson, and we had Chuck Norris. So, I, you know, I feel yeah. like the progression with Bruce Lee, we're getting there. Yeah. And then when Stallone comes on the scene, he's, like, right before Schwarzenegger by, like, a couple of years. Um, and surely, you know... Norris don't, has been doing it. Don't, don't, call, me, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, that's a joke. So only five people out there got it because we just referenced well, it's it. It's an airplane. I know. I just, I'm saying we just referenced it. Um, that I feel, I, I feel like uh, that there had to be something getting there. But, like, your first blood drops, and that's, like, the military-ish. And then what year is Delta Force? Delta Force is, like, 84, 85. And that's like amazing. You put Lee Marvin. That might be Lee Marvin's last movie. You got Chuck Norris in there, and you well, have a couple. We, when we did uh, Invasion USA, we were oh, that's eighty five. One of them too. was oh, it was because Delta Force. One of those Delta Force was like came out like the same year as First Blood Part Two. Because that what was the what's the that's one eighty five as well? What's Chuck Norris with the POWs? That's missing in action. Missing in action came out like I think the same years. 
as was blood part two. Yeah, because they were we were we commented on like it's a very similar plot. Yeah, we don't have the statistics here, but um, yeah, because we weren't planning. On yeah, yeah, we should we should have we should have thought about thinking about action movies to the build up of this movie. So I think it's just a it's it's just a um, it's a slow burning fire, and and since everything is successful prior to it, you want to keep topping everything. And yeah. since you want to keep topping everything, then that's what eventually happens. That it, they just get so good that um, you know you get to like you know I mean you, I mean look at Demolition Man now. It's like that's the craziest freaking. But what, what I mean I mean that's what I mean now. Like our psyches are so different when we go see like Commando in the theaters. We're like this is fucking awesome. But like the, the finale of this movie, he's like standing in a field with like a like a uh, an AK forty seven, and there's an army, and they cannot hit him. You know, yeah. and it's just like, you know, he kills like a thousand Mexican or Spa- South South Americans. And it's just like nobody can sh- can get up. You know, I think he gets grazed and, you know, <laughs> he, you know, maybe in the side at one point, but no one can even hit him. So it's just like it's so funny how we believe that. And then to the point of even I'd say into maybe like a racer could maybe kind of close the door on like when the last of these action movies that were kind of like still making money. And yeah, like well, by assassins, that point, you know, those kind of movies by the 90s, they were kind of. Waning, yeah, waning, and in a way, like they almost were becoming like a parody of themselves a little bit. You know, maybe not in a comedic way. I mean, you were struggling. Like, well, then you get like the Rob Schneider gets injected into a couple of them, yeah. like Demolition Man and um, uh, Judge Dread, and I think I feel like he's like in a third. He's you know, in a great. He's as we there you go, Van Damme, he's right? My favorite Van Damme movie, yeah. Knock off. <laughs> uh, so like you, you get into that at that point, then look at even Van, you know, Van Damme comes on the scene, and uh, you know, Seagal and all them. So it's like, and then uh, so I feel like yeah, you hit the nineties, but then like I, I feel like around a racer, I saw a racer in the theater, I thought that was great, but then after that, and then then like you know, a couple years later, nine eleven happens, and that kind of like series, everybody becomes serious, and like you can't really have the. Like um, miscellaneous, um, you know, Eastern European terrorist who you know just wants like junk bonds or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it kind of becomes hard for a lot of these MacGuffins for these plots to work. But like you have a movie here, I think this is like a perfect storm. You have like Schwarzenegger's like in an apex of his career. You know, at the time he was really into doing this because the t- you know he was it was either he played a robot before or he played like a you know a barbarian from like a thousand years before so he's like awesome i'm going to be like in a contemporary role i'm going to be a father who's worried about his daughter yeah, yeah. there's actually a scene prior to the starts where i'm like having like a good montage with her and oh, like yeah. having fun you know what i mean <laughs> I like wish i wanted i want to discuss the opening of this movie yeah and, and then the montage because it becomes so serious like it's like the, the music is so amazing and it's like so in your face and then they do such a change in the mood and tone yeah yeah well that's um, the, yeah well let's just let's just get into it yeah <laughs> because uh one we open with uh the kind of thing that we talk a lot about i think in invasion usa which is like this like uh, suburban destruction, yeah, gratuitous. You know, like, like at this point, we don't know uber violence why this is happening. Like, yeah. We learn why, like the guy gets killed and the stuff. We like suburban neighborhoods, garbage guy, truck in the morning, spoil. And it's, it's you know it's it's a lot of these. Yeah, we're gonna spoil it. So just just watch out if you haven't seen it. I'm sorry, but you know hopefully you've seen this by now because you know if we're spoiling a movie that's 30 years old, shame on you. 31. Shame now. on you. Well, where I uh, you, you think about like the suspension of disbelief there, or um, what was their actual? Or I guess were they going to get the garbage truck to go up to the house, and then if the guy <laughs> didn't come out, like they're going to wait? They're just going to wait there, and like he's going to at some point he's going to realize that he didn't put the garbage out. Yeah. So maybe they were they, the plan was they were going to go in the house and kill both of them. So maybe he saved the wife's life by vicariously taking the garbage out, or yeah, vicariously. Yeah. It is one of those. It's one of those 
you know, like Conund- huh. conundrums you know, when you watch. Like, what was the original plan here? And then you have the great Bill Duke there showing up, like black as night. You can only see his eyes. <laughs> he's such a he's such a Bill he's Duke a classic. He's the darkest black man I, I've ever seen, and I love him to death. He's such a good actor, and he'd become a director now too. And he's a yeah, producer yeah. director. He directed Hoodlum. And he directed a lot of other um, great movies. Uh, he shows up there, great bad guy too. He he's one of those guys that like there's certain people that can like really do a great. Um, menacing face yeah, yeah. and he's one of those guys that can look at you and give you a look and you can like you know you can piss your pants you know and so you have him and then the next scene which is also cool is the uh, is he's going to look at a, a, a Cadillac and like you know and this is it's funny because like I said this is on a tape that I had when I was like six so it's like I'm seeing this movie off of HBO you know yeah, yeah. fucking you know R, hard R, you know, and it's yeah. like you know, and then like everyone's like, but Dad's like, ah, oh, fuck it, here, take this, this will, this will keep them busy. Ease. Yeah, put it, put it in, put the, you know how they play, and then I'm gonna go in the other room and cook. You know, I'm, I'm watching cook. No, no pun intended, because <laughs> Bill Duke's name's Cook in there. Yeah. Anyway, so then he 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 kills the second guy at the car dealership, takes the car. Third time we see um, Vernon Wells show up. Vernon Wells is walking around, and he looks pretty cool at the beginning of the movie with the as a as a boatman. And they say, um, in the scene where he walks onto the to the boat. Uh, it's 80 yard, but he gets onto the little tugboat and, um, they, they say to him, uh, what do you say, Wes? And Wes is his name from, uh, Road Warrior, you know? And it's a little weird because I think a lot of his character, Road Warrior, <coughs> Road Warrior is going to kind of bleed over into this movie, which we can talk about bleed, later. <laughs> he kind of bleeds over to everything he did. Yeah, well, this but, movie is overtly, I want to say homoerotic. But yeah, he's, there's he's, a little, he's got a lot of there's some homoerotic lot, tendencies lot of, going. A lot on. of homosexual, um, but uh, ten- homo, yeah, a lot of sexual tension there. It's funny because when Bill Duke steals the car, yeah, it's like you're gonna have to go through all that trouble of like stealing the car, but then you don't like you don't give a shit about like what quality it's in. Like busts through the window, hits like another. Car. Yeah, well, he's well. Like, the whole point is he's gonna kill that guy, right? So that's he's you know. So it's another one of those things. Like, what happens if the guy didn't get in front of the car? You know, yeah, yeah. it's another thing like he was he was planning on the guy. And then getting if you in front look at it at that point, it's kind of, you know, this guy used to be part of like an elite fucking militia military unit. Now he's selling Cadillacs. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Well, that's what Carlito wanted to do. Right. <laughs> that, that was what the, Carlito wanted to go sell cars in like freaking um, we're in Hawaii or somewhere or Puerto Rico. Remember, he was going to sell cars. Car, so that's like that's like that's what happens. Imagine that. Carlito's way the, the the ending is different where it's like six months to a year later Carlito's like in the island selling like, cars I got enough car for you <laughs> yeah and then it's fucking Benny Blanco you know remember me Carlito no I don't man you want this uh, you want this Ford LTD he's like no I'm, I'm Benny Blanco from the Bronx <laughs> ah! <laughs> Carlito uh, it's our manager but the uh, the boat scene I don't know if you which know, is the next scene if, which is the next scene with uh, Vernon Wells when Vernon Wells when he goes to get on that when he jumps onto the boat, yeah. it's like you could tell he almost fucking spills. <laughs> like he puts his foot like on the railing and like it wobbles. Like, well, like this is this is <laughs> that could have gone a really could have really gone a bad way. Th- for this him. is broaching a subject, and I, I I still want to apologize because I'm all phlegmy, my nose is congested, so I don't want to go like breathe in because you'll hear it all. Um, um, but it's broaching a subject which I find is hilarious, and I thought we'd get it late and get into it later on in the cast. But I think it needs to be said um, throughout the movie. Again, I don't want to keep having to say spoiler alert, but Vernon Wells turns out to be the bad guy, Bennett. So Bennett is part of, like, um, uh, I want to say Geraldo. <laughs> it was Schwarzenegger's elite team. And it's hilarious that, like, Schwarzenegger is, like, the Greek god of men. He's the Atlas. You know, he's freaking... 
uh, Hercules, and then you have the juxtaposition. You have Vernon Wells, yeah, yeah. who's he's got like, like a muffin top. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's, his, his, his arms are not in the slightest way toned. And he looks like, I mean, he looked good in, in, in um, uh, uh, Road Warrior. Yeah, so yeah. I think from Road Warrior to this, he's gained some weight. That Probably because he's a drinker. Well, they say great. what happens is that, um, you know, before we, we need to get into a lot of the inside baseball, but they hired somebody else to play his role. And on the first day shooting, um, Mark Lester fired him. And then they fired Vernon. They hired Vernon. Vernon had auditioned for it. Yeah. So since they had already started shooting, they couldn't refit the costume. So that's the yeah. reason why his costumes are well, tighter. It's, it's funny because the guy wasn't as big as Vernon. Because when we talked about it, we, you know, as we were getting ready to record, you asked me, like, when was the last time you saw this movie? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I was like 15 or 16. I mean, it's been a really long time since I've seen this movie. So in my, in my mind's eye, yeah. like in my head... That vest was always like chain mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with me. But when we watched it this time, it's just like a loose knit sweater vest. <laughs> yeah, but there, but there's isn't there chain mail over it? No, no, he's got like the black thing, and then the gray is just like yarn. It's Are you just, sure it's yeah, not chain I'm mail? Positive. Oh, because when I was looking at it, I thought it was chain mail. Now it's. I don't think so. Oh. I think it's just like maybe they were trying to make it look like chain mail, but without making it's it chain just, mail. That's hilarious. It's really just like a loose knit sweater vest. We'll have to we'll have to go back and actually. It's like when your mom like knits like a blanket out of uh, yarn, and you know you can stick your holes through like the (laughs) the knit. Uh, So it's hilarious that his character is is this guy who's like overweight, not toned at all, and and he even brings up a couple times to the great um, Dan uh, Hedia. Is that is that how you Hedia Hedia who um, plays that the the the. deposed dictator from the fictional uh, country of Val, uh, Val Verde, which we'll get to. But he says to him, like, you know, I, I'm, of course, um, I, I'm paraphrasing here where I say, uh, you know, but he's like, you know, you got to watch out for specimens like me or Schwarzenegger because, you know, with an Australian accent, he's yeah. like, because, you know, we're badass and we'll come kill you. And you're like, look at this guy. He's like overweight. He's not doing very well. And <laughs> I mean, like, you I know. Mean, but it's just hilarious. Anybody compared to what he compared comparatively, where he's supposed to be like, you know, um, he's supposed to be like Schwarzenegger, and then like, you know, because I mean, like at the end of the movie when they're fighting, he's like getting windy. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's like, he's, he's like, John, I'll fight you. He's like, and even says to him, he's like, I'll, 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 I'll tough it out. I'll make you break first. Like he's gonna like have like Schwarzenegger's gonna get winded before he does, you know. And it's like it's just so funny that just the position. Like it's like they, it's like a Family Guy where they actually yeah, miscast yeah. a guy. Like they put. Peter Griffin in it. He's like, you know, you know, or even like when he walks, he's kind of got like a like a like a walk to him that's a little uh, homoerotic yeah, yeah. and all that. So I just find it hilarious that we take him so seriously, and he's so into himself, like he overacts, yeah, like yeah. he's like so convinced, like that near the end where he's like almost getting off, where he's like, I don't need the gun, I don't need <laughs> the girl, you know. He's like, well, yeah. it's very funny. So um, you know, they, when I was little, this is another thing. When he when he jumps into the boat, the tugboat, the tugboat goes away, and you see Bill Duke on the dock, and he puts the thing up. I used to count. I was like, you know, how is he going to get out of there? So I used to count like one, two, three, and then it would blow up. I was like, he has no time. He couldn't have got out. You know, and that was the whole big thing. And then we so that kind of sets up the. Uh, the opening of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then we cut to like these great, a, be- a beautiful fucking montage. Well, we well also we have to say for this movie, I think the score is phenomenal. Yeah, it's yeah. the great James, James Horner. Horner yeah. You know who James Horner has done everything. I mean, from Star Trek to freaking. Did he just pass away? 
I don't know if James Horner passed get, away. Can we get an intern? Yeah, we'll get an intern to figure to, 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 to look that out for us. But the great James Horner's in there, and he uses these great steel drums, and the steel drums really the emphasis on the score, and that's like really kind of unheard of in a, on a on a uh, to be prominent on a soundtrack. Yeah, he died last year. He did die last year. That's Almost a shame. Almost a year ago. Uh, thank you, uh, Vita. So this episode is dedicated to James. Yeah, Horner. this is the James Horner. This episode. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of awesome to have like a score that's that's emphasizes the uh, the steel drums because I used to love that score and it kind of always stayed with me over the years that steel drum kind of a score and uh, you start it, hearing that James Horner might also need to be in the, in the well that's what I'm saying it, it's amazing I looked at him prior to this recording and he has a couple of Star Trek I know we can't Deadly Blessing I know which is a, we, there, there's, 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 there's the too, hand there's too much there to go through Wolfen yeah and that'll then, be on the stars and then that, that's, that's even that's just like the early 80s yeah that's before he got bonafide yeah. once he hit like Commando bonafide yeah when he gets bonafide <laughs> Um, going to like 2000s, he's, I mean, the Titanic. Yeah, he's doing yada, yada, yada. he's doing all kinds of stuff. So it's a, it's it's a great score, and it's great to use steel drums like that. And then we get to this. Montage. I mean, it's probably a synthesized steel drum, but it certainly has a it still has uh, identity to itself. Yeah, it's, it sounds exactly like the drums, and I think it's so cool. And then we get to this great freaking montage at the beginning, which is like uh, amazing. It's like. It's, <laughs> it, it took your breath away there. It makes me speechless. It's so, this is, it's, you know, I said before I was saying it's, you know, like this movie's not so bad that it's good. It's just good. But like it, this montage is kind of so ridiculous. You're talking about him just coming out of the forest? Well, like everything. <laughs> Let's break well, it so, down. Well, so we have him coming out of the forest and he's, and you see just like extreme close-ups on like his biceps, his, his boots. Yeah. You see, I mean, his, his, so you know, I mean, it's it's, and then you see a you see a chainsaw, you see a tree, and then uh, it cuts to him, and it's he's carrying like I don't know, maybe like eight feet by like maybe three foot in diameter, a tree down a hill with a chainsaw, which he's chopping down for firewood. And the director uh, Lester said he he actually edited it to look like um, the female documentarian uh, Lenny uh, Riefenstahl. Um, from the, the Nazi propaganda, who used to get a, she got a really raw deal, and people blacklisted her because she was, you know, did a great Nazi uh, Nazi documentary, and then they kind of like said, hey, you know what? It wasn't her fault that she, she she did a Nazi documentary. At the time, they told her do a Nazi documentary, and she said, okay, I'll document it. So she's kind of come back and think uh, into vogue, you know, as being someone who's not looked at as frowned upon in the in, in years past, but. Uh, Lester says he specifically edited that sequence of him coming out of the trees to look like the uber, you know, like the Aryan, you know, yeah, yeah. fit man. Well, out of definitely the woods. that kind of like that little montage of that becomes we see it kind of again a little bit when he's getting ready. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then, it's, know, it's, it becomes a Rambo thing. too. It's interesting. Like they really. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of I mean. Uh, for the 80s, they center around the male body and the, 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 the physique and the, the perfect, you know, Schwarzenegger and certainly Stallone have these bodies that you can really do nice close-ups of any, any part of the body. It looks awesome, you know. And then, you know, like I said, they lay in the score, so you get that, that, that tin drum, so it looks, it, it kind of sets up what you, what you, what's going on in this movie, what's going to happen. And he goes and he starts, you know, breaking some firewood up. And then he stops and he sees like a shadow and he uses the blade to see behind him. And you think, well, what's going to happen? He turns around and he's like, ah! And it's, it's, it's young Alyssa Milano. Young Alyssa Milano. And I, I'm not, 
full disclosure, I'm not uh, uh, too, too, too bashful to say I had the biggest crush on her when I was little in this role, and I thought she was so hot. And oh, I still yeah. think she's hot in this role. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, you, know. yeah you, you have an that, obsession with Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano was – there was – for the long, if you were to, which ask, we just talked about, we brought up a cast where you said that I used to watch everything Alyssa Milano, and we we said that somebody else was. In oh, movie. it was yeah. We were watching some movie. We're talking about Ice T. She's in a movie with Ice T. Yeah, that was it. We were talking, but about. but even like because of like who's the boss and and whatnot. Uh, you know, I used to, if you were to ask my mom like who was my first crush, she'd be like the girl mom? from the girl <laughs> from the Tony Danza show. <laughs> Yeah, and she was she had just finished season one here on Who's the Boss in 1984, and she went and did. this I was movie. thinking as I was watching this, I was thinking, do you remember that I had a, I had written a song for her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were. You may have I, to record that. And Commando was in that was in the first verse. Yeah, but, we'll uh, have to have you reprise that for one of these we'll things. You know, it's live, like a special feat, a, a special version. Yeah, you have to get but that so back we, in. We dive into and this. she's she's got a great outfit on. She's got like a punky Brewster esque <laughs> outfit there, you know, with the, with the you know she's really in style for the eighties. And yeah, you're and then he grabs her, he's like ah. And then the music, it's interesting, it cuts from, like, this t- steel drum, which is, like, the score, to, like, this real serious, like, the, the orchestra comes in. And yeah, then yeah. you see him, like, training her and, like, being a no, good father. I, I, I wrote it down beat yeah. by beat okay, because okay. it's so classic. Yeah. Uh, so she sneaks up. We see what you did, what you what you described. But then when he turns around, then she, like, tickles him. <laughs> Yeah, and then what does he say? He says something like, I'm Dickless, so you got me. And then, he, then she and runs then, away. So then he chases her. Yeah. And then we cut to they're eating ice cream together. Okay. And she ta- like she tastes him. He goes to taste hers, and she puts it in his face. That's before the the, the, the actual credits where it says it's Commando? It's like during the credits Oh, okay. Sequence. Because when, when it lays over Commando, she's like on a, on a balance beam walking across, and it becomes so serious in that beat with the music. It says commando, and it's almost like... Oh, well, that must come later then, because... Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, in that scene, it's like they have the same flavor ice cream. So it's not like, I have chocolate, you have vanilla. Like, you want to try it? Yeah. yeah, it's like they have the same ice cream. And then he puts it in, she sticks it in his face. He's like, like ah, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you fucking got me. Yeah, you dumb bitch. <laughs> and then he's like, and then it cuts to, the, she's te- he's teaching her karate moves. Yeah. That must be it, then, because he, when he's walking across the balance beam. No, this is like their... Oh, yeah, with the elbow. The, the elbow. Yeah. And then they're feeding a deer. <laughs> well, that's where they live. They live up in the woods. And then they're fishing. Yeah. And he's like, taking the, he's like, let me show you how to rip it out of its mouth. And she's like, oh, that's great. Then they're swimming, they're too, right? They're playing in the pool. Yeah, the heated sauna. Uh, uh, yeah, and then, I don't know, maybe it's during the fishing they might rock across something, because... The next thing is that they're make she's making the sandwiches. Yeah. So it, it, at the very beginning, it's just interesting that it because the font we don't ever see that font again. Yeah. How they lay out the it's like almost computerized font with a line and but it's just funny how the score changes so abruptly that it turns like yeah, so yeah. serious and then it turns into this loving montage which is hilarious. But at the time, like it, I'm I saying, mean, it's so perfectly 80s. You know, at the 80s, were you there. like you know like oh you know it's it's basically you're giving the. It's like for 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 a lack of time, you're just feeding the the, infor- the, the people. You know, this is what you need to totally. know. I will you know? totally say that, like the, uh, you know, the, the beats it, in this the movie, be- are- the, the way, you know, like there's a lot thrown into a very short amount of time to get you all up to speed, and it's actually like not that bad in terms of like epi- expo- eh. exposition. Exposition. <laughs> you know, I always joke that like sometimes you watch a movie and then a scene comes. And I always joke that they should just like flash the word exposition up on the yeah, screen yeah, yeah. as somebody's talking. Whereas this, like, you know it is, but 
they pack a lot in. You get this montage. He's got a daughter. They have a great, you know, relationship together. They live out in the wilderness. Great, great freaking uh, cabin that place is. And then, like, they're making the sandwich. And then he's like, and, you know, she's like, uh, you know, they make sandwiches. And then he, he's like, I don't know why they don't just call her girl George. Yeah, it would save a lot of misogyny. <laughs> she's like, what that? He's like, never mind. And he gives her back cream, the magazine. Yeah, the boy George yeah, he's trying to, he's trying to, He's trying to get with, because she's got one of the girly magazines, and he's trying to, like, you know, she's probably bored as freaking hell out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have some friends, Daddy. We'll go feed the deer later. <laughs> You go talk to the deer later. But she makes them sandwiches, so it's like she's... Taking care of him, sort of. Taking care of him, too. And he's taking care of the house, which is good. And they allude to later on that, like, I guess the mother died at childbirth. And that's the reason why they don't have the mother in a deleted scene that they put in for the director's cut that we watched. But then it's like, as soon as they're eating their sandwich... And that's that's only like four, like maybe three minutes in. And then fucking the movie starts. The movie's right there, and he's like... Kirby shows up. Yeah, he takes like one bite, and he looks. And I remember on the... It was better in the 5.1 surround sound this time around. But in the in the when I first saw it on that VHS tape in yeah, the 80s... come out of like a mono speaker. Yeah, you don't hear the helicopter first. Yeah. He just looks up. And it was like almost like, you know, you get like worried. Because at the time, this is all... This is straight... Yeah. This movie, none of this is, you know, laugh for laughs. Yeah, so as yeah. soon as you're like, what's going on? And then she's like, what's wrong, daddy? He's like, shit's going to go down. <laughs> go, go, get to the, get to, get to the you got to get to the chopper now. <laughs> and then so, I, oh, we can't do but this. Even, but even when the, even when the uh, chopper shows up, you, you know, for all you know, like a missile could fly off of that thing and blow up the gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, or he could be, or he could be leading them to them, which he, I think he does, but, or he could be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And then like Kirby comes out and he's like, you know, your whole team has been killed. Bennett, everybody, uh, you know. Um, Fuck. You got to watch out because, uh, you know, freaking Bill Duke's killing everybody. So, uh, you know, you, I'm going to leave two uh, well, MPs who are not trained at all. There's also a very spe- specific line. She's like, I, you know, like, I thought you weren't going to go away again or something like that. And yeah. Like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Well, we never, really talk, we never really talked about the, um, the, 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 the exposition to the movie itself where the, the script was written, written as a script, spec script by this guy named Jeff Loop. J-E-P-H is his first name. Jeff and then his last name is Loeb, L-O-E-B. And it was sh- he had the idea of Gene Simmons playing the Matrix character. Well, it was originally like an Israeli. Yeah, and which is alluded to in the... There's a deleted scene, which later on when they're in the car together, he kind of explains to um, what, Ray Dong Chong what's going on. And he alludes to the, the exposition is... Originally, he was supposed to be like an Israeli kind of uh, fighter, much like... Um, What's his face? Robert Shaw in the Black Black Sunday. He's an Israeli fight, fighter fighting in the Middle East, and he's just so tired of the death that he he kind of almost I think disavows almost violence, like a MacGyver kind of thing. And then he retires and goes up into the woods. Now, uh, Gene Simmons passed on it. They get it into um, this is and this is a sad tale of all these spec scripts. They get it into Joel Silver's hands. Joel Silver's takes it, um, gives the guy one pass. The, the the writer that wrote the whole thing put all his freaking blood and time into the damn thing. They take it from him. They rewrite the hell out of it. They want Nick Nolte in it. They think yeah. Nick Nolte will be a well, good kind of a guy. Well, they probably done forty eight hours together. Yeah, and, and they said to him, "Let's have Nick Nolte be the out of shape, uh, retired, you know, ex merchant, mer- uh, marine, you know, uh, special forces guy." And then they finally. They dawn on him like, hey, we can get Schwarzenegger, and um, they at the time wanted John Mc, John McTiernan, who ended up doing Die Hard, to to, yeah, to Predator, to Predator, to, to direct it. And he passed, so they ended up getting Mark Lester. So they ended up then rewriting it to kind of uh, curtail it to be to, to be what's his face uh, Schwarzenegger. So that's basically the backstory you need to know. So like you said here, when we get into it, 
he's back from wherever he's been, and he alludes to later on in the movie in the deleted scene that he, you know, he just starts because even the guy here, um, what's what's the um the Troutman's name in this movie? Kirby. Kirby Troutman's name in this movie is Kirby. Kirby <laughs> says, um, you know, maybe it was from Cambodia, and he's like almost like he pulls out like a list. Maybe it was from the Middle East. Maybe it was Russians. Maybe <laughs> it was Nicaragua. Maybe it was uh, you know, um, Noriega. You know, so he's name him. Then later on in the movie, Schwarzenegger says that too, like you know, I was in Laos. I was in El Salvador. I, you know, I was all over the place. You know, <laughs> Come on, that's why. Everywhere. You know, when she had her first communion, uh, <laughs> when she got, when she was learning to walk, I was killing people in Israel. You know, so it's like he's saying all these different. So he wasn't there for us. Now, now he's he's become the father. He's determined. I'm going to raise her right. I'm going to be with her since her mother's died. I'm a single parent. I'm living in a fucking cabin in the woods. She's got no friends. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we just we get all this exposition like, yes. right away, like up front. We know, and well, she knows him. She's like, "Hey, Kirby. Hey, Troutman. I mean, Kirby." <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, you know, just as spunky as ever, you little bitch, <laughs> you little you little paraquat." <laughs> so, uh, just a, a kind of in a way, like a brilliant way to get everybody up to speed, like super fucking fast. I mean, yeah, like it's so it is expositional, obviously, because that's just the nature of the beast. That's what it is. But we get everything up front, and it's hard. Un- you know, we have to we say- understand. We understand, like. Automatically, we understand his past. We understand where he's at now. All within, like, the first five minutes of the movie. And we have to say, I mean, I know you slag off a lot when you, when people don't do it right and you say that they should flash exposition as a lower third. But it is really, if you're writing a script, especially nowadays, it's different from years ago. But years, years ago, it's a different beast. But now, because our brains are so nuanced, or, like, I don't know, if we're just so... Um, learned in a sense where we're sophisticated where we can't just do movies like this it's really hard to lay in exposition without flashing exposition exposition so it's kind of hard to just be like yeah I was in the wars blah 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 blah," you know and Jim Cameron says um, or maybe it's Michael Bean says about Jim Cameron like the brilliant thing about, like, say, a movie like Terminator is he does exposition through action. Yeah, which so, we talk a lot about in the Terminator cast. Yeah, where it's like you have a big action sequence, and then in, layered in that action sequence is just some exposition yeah, it's of like weird. the car chase and Michael Bean's like you know, laying it out. Yeah, like, it's, it's a Linda on. Hamilton, and she's like, you know, uh, HK's hunter killers. You know, so it's <laughs> like it's like you know, so that's a great way. So it's kind of hard. And like you're saying, we're not even five minutes in the movie, and the movie started. Yeah, yeah, and then. The second fucking Kirby leaves. Oh, we know. We should also mention too that this was edited by Mark Goldblatt, who is a Saturday Night Movie Sleepover alumni who directed our first movie up. Um, uh, oh, Punisher. Punisher, who also directed Dead Heat, and uh, you know he went on to do Dead Heat. I think after this, because this is '85, Dead Heat's like '87. And when I spoke to Joe Piscopo about Dead Heat, he said Goldblatt, which might have been his first movie uh, directorial, uh, Dead Heat. He says he brought the Schwarzenegger crew with him. So a yeah. lot of those guys are all body doubles and stuff. No pun intended to the Palmas film. <laughs> it's, they're all like the stuntmen and body doubles he brought to Dead Heat, which were guys he was, you know, he got off of these commando and these yeah. kind of movies, you know. So, yes, Goldblatt is the editor of this movie. So, um, yeah, so we get this exposition, and, and he leaves. He's like, I'm going to leave, like, two shitty MPs who are, like, you know, weekend warriors. <laughs> you know, they're, they're National Guardsmen who don't really care. They're, they're going to stay on their cell phones, you know. And... Um, and they leave, and then, like, within seconds, you know, there's... Yeah, literally, like, the cop the chopper's not even, like... Yeah. You can still see it. He's <laughs> still waving, you know. <laughs> and there's a big sheet, you know, there's a big shootout. One guy gets killed. They get into the house, and the, the other MP gets shot. And he's like, you know, uh, I got to get to my, my, 
you know, my vault and my my rifle. Yeah, he's like, stay here. You know, remember you're downwind, so they could smell you. He's like, what? What you talking about? And he's like, because he's like, you, you want me to smell him? He's like, I did. And he's like, what? So like, there's even like a joke <laughs> yeah. there. Like, was Schwarzenegger's that good? He smelled him, which I, I guess is not unbelievable because people say well, he knew it was coming. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he smelled him. He must have yeah. smelt the cologne off that Whoever one guy. Smelt it, dealt it. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it was the bad guy in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that smell? I told you Get that. Down. See, you never have Mexican the <laughs> night before. So, Schwarzenegger runs, and I was thinking to myself, why wouldn't he have his safe room w- with the stuff inside the cabin? But maybe the cabin wasn't made before he got there, so he had to make a little, a maybe little. He's trying to keep it out of the hands of a little listener. Yeah, well, oh, he's got it in a locked up in a vault. So he opens the thing up, he grabs the gun, and comes in, runs into a room. I love how she on the second floor is like a little door that leads to nowhere, so she can like fall off because it's not even fenced in. You know, yeah. he opens the door, dead guy falls, which I always felt freaky when I was little. And then there's that guy who's been killing everybody since the beginning. He's like, Matrix, you know, we want we got your daughter, we got a blah, 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 blah. And uh, I love how he just like, you know, you know, can we make a deal? And then right out of Terminator, he goes, wrong, kills yeah. the guy, runs downstairs, gets into his freaking awesome, I think that's like a Bronco. They, they took the distributor cap out. Source was like, that doesn't matter. This is, I don't need that shit. I don't need a distributor cap. He starts pushing the car, and this is one of these sequences in this movie where we start seeing like um, a little um, behind the curtain and you could see the wire pulling the car when he's pushing and then he gets it over the hill he gets in he starts driving down the hill and he you know make a long story short he's like you know it's one of these montages where Schwarzenegger's getting thrown around you know <laughs> hitting the car uh, he just narrowly misses like freaking T-bone and the the uh, the 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 voy the, the the Chrysler Voyager that has his daughter in it so yeah, yeah. that didn't that didn't end the movie right there there's a lot of times in this movie where uh, the movie could have been ended really abruptly if something went wrong, like when Wait Radon Chong shoots a freaking uh, yeah, yeah. shoulder-fired missile in, uh, <laughs> at the uh, the thing he's in. Anyway, I'm getting winded here. So they end up capturing. He he smashes the car. He fights them all. They knock him out. They give him the old um, the rifle butt to the face, and he wakes up. And we see all the villains around him. We yeah, see. Yeah. Uh, Intro, David Patrick Kelly. And they're basically there. like blackmailing him to assassinate some president. Right? Yeah. Um, so we have, and then we intro. Uh, what's his face? Dan Hadea. 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 Who, um, you know, who's, you know, I've, girls know him from Clueless. He's the dad in Clueless. Guys know him in a shitload of movies. Joe vs. the Volcano. He's in Mike. He's in Cheers. Cheers. Carl's ex-husband. Yeah. Uh, tons of movies. We know him very well. He's the deposed dictator of this fictionist um, South American country called Val Verde. And it's funny because Val Verde is a fictional Hollywood South American country because I guess at the time they didn't want to use, like, say, Cuba or Nicaragua. So they made this up so that it wouldn't cause any diplomatic problems or, you know, make it like that. So this this fictional country, Val Verde, comes up in Predator. It also comes up in Die Hard 2 because I guess maybe the guy they break out, Franco Nero, is a Franco Nero in, in yeah, yeah. Die Hard 2. They break out that guy's from, from uh, Val Verde. And also in a TV movie called Supercarrier, Deadly Enemies. It's a pilot from 1988. So well, I mean, Joel Silver produced it. Oh, well, there you go. Hard too. Maybe so that's probably why he's Joel, like, it's a Joel, Joel Silver <laughs> invention there. But I love that, you know, there's a lot of, I feel like there's other movies where we've talked about where there's a lot of like references to fake stuff, you know, yeah. I mean, like, you know, a fake uh, OCP or whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, so he's, I, I, this is a weird, really weird plot because he's like, I want you to, I've been deposed as the dictator. Uh, you're close to this president. I want oh, you he's to... like he, but he, he was deposed because of Schwarzenegger's group. I think. 
Yes. Wasn't that had something? Yeah. Like because of Schwarzenegger, he wasn't uh, president or dictator or whatever. Yeah, and they needed, they, they were killing his team just to get the Schwarzenegger, and they didn't know where he was, but they knew that uh, the poor man's Troutman, Kirby, yeah. Kirby would get him to, 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 to Schwarzenegger, which he did. I mean, they found him in like seconds. So they must have Kirby. They must have been on like it's like De Niro and Cape Fear. They must have been on the bottom of the. <laughs> you know what I mean? They must have been on the he bottom of the, of the yeah. <laughs> like, well, they're on the bottom of the on, copter. On, on the copter to get down because I mean, would they just drive out there? I mean, literally, if they needed him to find them, they were already in the woods waiting. You know, so they must yeah. have like you know had like their uh, GPS working for him. So he says to him like you know he's like well, how am I going to kill him? He's like because you know the president trusts you and then then then. We get, he's like, fuck you, I'm not going to do that. And then they open the, the door, and then we have dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And, and, you know, Alyssa Milano's tied to the chair, and we have uh, Vernon Wells playing r- real homoerotica. He's like, you know, he's going to kill her and all that stuff. So he has to agree. And, there's, and then there's your clock. We get yeah. a clock. They bring him to the airport, and this is when we, get, we start getting some of these. This movie has some of the greatest lines in movie history, 80s yeah, yeah. movie history. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, just to say, like, fucking this just to like reemphasize what we were saying before about like economy of time, like th- th- this movie does not waste any fucking time. No, I mean, <laughs> the, the, we watched, it's, it's like the action starts and we are in this plot line within the first 10, 12 minutes of this movie. And like you said, the opening scene with the garbage truck, I wrote down as a note too. It is very much like Invasion USA. It's freaky, it's terrifying, it's gratuitous violence. And, this is a movie where even the director's cut is less than like 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, so this the running time of the original movie must have been under an hour and a half by like six or seven minutes. So, I mean, this is like 10 minutes in when this is the plot. He's, you know, so they bring him to the airport. They're going to put him on a plane and they're going to send him to Val Verde's. And um, it's good that they have direct flights from L.A. <laughs> you know, even though it's it's like, you know, it's like them going to like Nicaragua or El Salvador. And um, they have... Um, the great David Patrick Kelly and some other guy who are going to take him to the flight. The other guy's going to get on with him, and David Patrick Kelly's going to see the plane off. He says, I'll be back, Bennett. Bennett says, John, John, I'll be waiting for you, John. And then we go inside. There's a great little um, exchange with David Patrick Kelly where he gives him some money. He's like, here's some beers at Valverde. You know, give us some extra time with your daughter. And then one of the greatest lines, I think, of all uh, cinema history where he goes, you're a funny guy, Salih. That's why I'm going to kill you last. And... Uh, David Patrick Kelly, I think, plays a phenomenal role in this movie as just a, such a fucking, like, terrible man. I mean, he really has no part in this movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he's just a henchman that's going to get killed, and he's just there to get, you know, for Schwarzenegger to get information out of him, which he doesn't even get, yeah, you yeah. know. But he just really hams up the role where, like, later on with Radon Chong, where she she's denying his, his passes. He's like, you fucking whore. <laughs> it's like, he's, like, you know, he's so evil. And then when he goes to, he goes to, the, later on he goes to the mall, and he's getting passports from this guy, and he says to the guy, like, his line to the guy is, um, uh, this used to be a great place for hunting slash. <laughs> I never heard someone call that slash. You know, I think it's it's. I've, one of, I've heard the term. Yeah, I've never used it. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. So yeah, I mean, you know, so he says to I him. I mean, we it, it, we did an epic warriors podcast. Uh, and we talk obviously a lot about David Patrick Kelly and that. I mean, yeah, um, you know we both, but especially Dion has uh, always had a, a huge affinity for a huge David. Affinity for, for David, David Patrick. Patrick. I mean, he's, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he's certainly memorable. I mean, yeah, you know, and he and he talks about it in the Warriors documentary where sadly he got pigeonholed. He was he was a New York actor, much like Andy Robinson playing Scorpio and Di- uh, Dirty Harry. You know, yeah. great New York City Broadway stage actor who gets a role as a nut. 
and then that sticks and he's so good as a nut he kind of gets typecasted and for David Patrick Kelly he's in Walter Hill movies yeah. and he's in these kind of movies well, he's always also playing very he's got a very his voice is just his so... voice and he's got a very specific look that yeah. like he's just never going to be like leading man he's short yeah, he's uh, kind of he's kind of not he's a good looking guy, but he's kind of weird looking in the sense where he is, his features you can kind of accentuate. Yeah, like a little you know, exaggerated. Yeah, like chin he, and, he you know he's he's quite he almost kind of looks demonic sometimes. But that said, he's kind of a good looking guy. But then people might not even know who he is. But he's yeah. in such memorable roles. I mean, he's the bad guy in Dreamscape. He's uh, I think T Bird uh, in The Crow. You know, people know that very well. He may even be the actor who this is my speculation from what from reading and watching stuff about it he might have been the actor that shot the gun that killed david um uh, brandon lee in yeah. in the crow but uh he's in all kinds of movies he's in your movie you love the remake of fistful of dollars oh, yeah last man standing. last man standing he was most recently in which, which i think directed by walter hill most. and i think no one realized that he's in john wick remember he's the cleaner when when he shows up to john wick's house and he's like you know all right john wick you know he has the hat and he cleans then he's showing up in the second one too because i saw like there's a promotional photo of him as well so uh you know there's a lot of hollywood always throws him like a little bone to to play like a little great actor great actor so you know so schwarzenegger says that most memorable line to him like you know and it's funny it's almost like going back to smoking the bandit it's the paul williams versus the pat mccormick kind of a thing where (laughs) schwarzenegger's so tall and david patrick kelly's rather on the short scale he's like five four or five three you know so he's you know so schwarzenegger gets on the plane um automatically i don't know if people realize but the the flight attendant is Chelsea Fields. I have it noted. Yes, this is her. This is her uh, screen debut. And why will people know Ch- Chelsea Fields? She played Tila in Masters of the Universe. She's in The Last Boy Scout. Yes, The Dark Half. Harley Davidson in The Marlboro Man. Yes, she's in. Uh, yes, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's in Dust Devil, which is a cool movie. And most notably for me, well, one besides she's a hot piece of ass, Ooh, is that she's married to Scott Bakula. She's married to Scott Bagula. That's interesting. And she also... She's still? Yeah. Good for them. I think they've been married since the 90s. Oh, good for them. And uh, oddly enough, there's a show that I don't know if we've ever tried to talk about it on the uh, Tried to. We tried to, but we never... It was just that hard. <laughs> well, like, I, meant, I would mention it, but there was a show in the 90s that was part of, like, that... Weekend 90s action, action Yes. Pack. I have a memory of her, like, in an outfit like Which that. Which was... It was, like, a total ripoff of... Uh, uh, the one with the girl. No, it was a total ripoff of Quantum Leap. Oh. The, uh, and I never knew what the title was until I was researching this. It's called Time Tracks. Oh, you told me this. Well, you brought this up in something. You said that. That's why I said we it was tried a, to talk about it, but I couldn't remember Yeah, the and name. you said it was a proper British girl with a bun playing like this, the... Um, the owl part. Yeah. She's in an episode of Time Tracks, which I just thought was ironic because that's a ripoff. Oh, but she's not her... No, she doesn't I, play that part. I thought you were playing. She played the Dean Stockwell, like Sam. Z, no, no, Sam. she's just an episode of it. But uh, yeah, so uh, God bless her. But she's Kelsey on the plane. Field. She has a really small role. She's just shutting the door, and she she's says, the one that she, he says, "Please um, don't disturb my friend." Yeah, he's dead tired, and I, I'm, I, I'm ill sick or something. He says to her. So he, it's hilarious how he kills the guy, you know, because it's it's also one of these. It's the '80s where I would think that kind of a guy would pose no threat to Schwarzenegger. I mean, he's tall, but he doesn't seem like he's a, yeah, yeah. you know, but Schwarzenegger, you know, just gives him a, 
an elbow to the face, which in the 80s would knock you right out. Yeah. I love these movies. It's like, to me, it's like hilarious. Like, it's like you take the gun butt and you hit someone over the back of the head. Where's the guy? It's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, that, like that's going to like certifiably knock somebody <laughs> like out. Joe Besser. Ow! Why did me? Get away! <laughs> See, no one's going to know Joe Besser. <laughs> Get away! That's really in the weeds. Yeah. My room is on fire! <laughs> if, you like, if you know who Joe Besser is. God bless you. If you know who Joe Go on, is, go tw- go on twi- Twitter. Twitter and tweet us <laughs> if you know who Joe Besser is. Tweet us at, at, uh, at Sat Sleepover. Uh, give us a little Joe Besser shout out if yeah. you know who he is. Little known fact, Joe Besser was his contract with the Three Stooges. He couldn't be hit because he was like, you guys are too well, violent. you just ruined it. Now everybody knows who he is. Well, no, they don't know who he is. <laughs> That's the point. They don't know how he knows who he is. Anyway, um, so, uh, but Joe Besser, uh, he hits Joe Besser. Ah! <laughs> I mean, really, though, you see these movies where the guy just, like, takes the gun, hits him in the back of the head. What, what happens if that causes an aneurysm, kills the guy? You know, they, they always think that's going to knock somebody out, like, like it's well, nobody's business. I mean, the, they're going to wake up, and they could have, like, a like a freaking skull fracture. Yeah, yeah. They woke up, they're like, uh, well, Jeff Bridges. Brain, his brain swelled. and uh, Yeah, he died, you know. It's Jeff Bridges at the end of Thunderbolt Lightfoot. He's, like, talking like this. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Jesus, that's, he has brains for Yeah, he is. <laughs> that's uh, hilarious. So anyway, <laughs> so Schwarzenegger takes him, cracks his neck. He yeah, says well, it's to the funny because when you're a kid, you know, I probably saw this movie in like 1986. Yeah. Uh, I remember like, you know, you don't quite understand some of this stuff, you know, when you're a kid. Like, I remember I didn't understand. Like, to me, it was like I thought he like crushed his skull. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <just laughs> then we... Because then later, when she did, they, they land and they take off the head, he's like, got like, blood coming out of his nose and stuff. Yeah. Well, he probably just died. That's just, you know. I know, but like as a kid, I didn't really. And I liked how they widened it I didn't it really out a understand that he broke his neck. Yeah. As and then a, he. As a, young, as a young Jay Blake. He, um, he gets down to the bottom and he opens the door. And then it's like, I thought to myself, I wonder if an indicator light would go on in the plane that there's. Yeah, probably. Cabin pressure. Poor dog. Yeah, but so now we have you know, the. Uh, the infamous scene where he's able to get off but, the plane. Yeah, but we have, you know, we've established his clock. Like, basically, he has to... Yeah, you, you, we love the clock. We ha- He has to basically get to his daughter before the plane lands. Yeah, we have. it takes because, 11 hours to get to Valverde from, from uh, Cali, and uh, he has 11 hours to, to find his daughter before... Not even... Not even no, to get to his daughter, not even find his daughter. He has to get there because yeah, yeah. once, and it's interesting too because they don't know. Like I said, once he lands and he doesn't come out, he could be in the bathroom. Like, well, don't, don't they know that something could be saw on the plane? He's, I was just looking for my luggage. You know? Well, I mean, when they wheel out the guy, he's dead. I mean, <laughs> you know, they realize that. What he could be, I, 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 that diarrhea. But basically, like the minute it lands and they find out that he's not on the plane, then they're going to call Danadea, whatever his name is. Yeah, to kill him. Have Vernon Wells kill him. Bennett. So. He's got that. He's only got until that plane hours. lands. Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a quite a timetable. We're already like twenty five minutes. Oh no, no, we're not, we're like fifteen minutes into the movie. So he uh, he opens a he, he he breaks into like the cargo hold. We see a poor dog that's probably going to get killed from the air pressure that he's ruining here. <laughs> There's thousands of and then, you know. It's like can you think of like for that 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 poor animals fly like that for how many years? Fifty years? How scary that must be for these freaking animals to be yeah. in these little tight cages. And Schwarzenegger opens the compartment. Gets down on, onto the the, 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 the landing, landing gear. gear. He's on the front. He's on the nose gear, and and the plane starts to ascend. It takes off. Luckily, there's like Everglades right after that, like swamp. He jumps and Jesus, God! It just it's the it's the 
awesomest thing in the world. He jumps. It looks like from ten feet, he's fine. Gets out. He's like, Ugh. you know, sets his takes his takes his um his his blazer off because now we we're, we mean business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he uh, he sets his watch. You said eleven hours. And then he, he sh- and then I would think like three hours would take him to shrug out of that freaking. He's out <laughs> to get out of the because he's <laughs> he's waist deep in, in in the middle of the Everglades at this point uh, of the of the California Everglades. So he comes out. And it's he 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 he's able to hightail it right back to the airport. He gets in in enough time, and geez, if that's LIX, what luck! He's able to find freaking uh, David Patrick Kelly, who's still there, like hunting slash. You know, he's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, the plane took off. Hold on, I see Ray Dong Chong, and then we see Ray Dong Ray Chong. Dong Chong, yeah, classic, G- great actress, uh, gorgeous too, a beauty. Uh, daughter of Tommy Chong, which is interesting because you think about their, you know, they they had their height in the seventies. So when she, in 1985, is how old would you say she's here? She's got to be like 30, right? No, no. I bet you she's probably in her early to mid-20s. Okay. So that means he had her. You wouldn't think he had a daughter that old by the, you know, you look at them in like 1977, 76. Clearly like a first wife, though, you know. I mean, it could have been. Yeah. You know, before. I mean, Tommy Chong. (laughs) uh, Not to get on a big Tommy Chong slant, but he was like a musician. Yeah. Who then met Cheech and they became, they formed a comedy uh, duo, and then he's the one that directed, you know, the the movies that they were in together. Uh, Great guy, by the way. I met him uh, when he came. Him and Cheech and Sean came. They were doing that a couple the, years ago. They did yeah, that, they that did tour, like and he forgot his phone at my job, and I had his phone in my hand, and I had to call him to get the phone back. And I was like, oh, should I go through Tommy Chong's phone? But no, I didn't do that. I was very responsible, but real, real nice guy. And I brought in my mother's original LP of um, the. Uh, I don't know the actual name of the album, but it's the yellow cover album that has the famous, like, Dave's not here, you know, that, yeah, that yeah, skit, yeah. and they, they both signed it. I love imagining your mom sitting around listening to Yeah, isn't that weird? Chong. Claire listening to uh, G.C. <laughs> Chong, you know, that album, you know? So I got that signed, and I gave it back to her, and then I should, I'll, I'll, I have a picture of the two of them, maybe I'll include them in this. Real nice people. But anyway, so um, Ray Dung Chong, who also shows up with James Remar, right, in, in isn't Tales from the... Uh, Dark, Dark Side, Side the movie, movie yeah. with the gargoyles, so freaking scary that that made me piss my pants when I was little. That that sequence, um, I don't know what else she's in. She's uh, she's in a lot of stuff when we were growing up. Yeah, but like, I remember she kind of petered her. out, right? Yeah, yeah. She still looks good though. Yeah, I yeah. see her, and I saw her in something recently where she had like a small part in some like indie movie. Um, played like the boss of somebody, and I was like, "Oh, Radon Chong, she's still holding it together." She yeah, great. you know, before we get to Radon Chong, when we talk about the. Uh, some we start seeing some of these stunt sequences where like he's jumping off the plane it's yeah. clearly not Schwarzenegger it's one of these great 80s I mean the, it's not as explicit as the guy having a mustache yeah. but it's clearly <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's scenes where like when he runs after um, David Patrick Kelly and, and like the, there's a great shot where it's like I always look at these stuntmen who get hit by cars like bona fide. There's a great one in Basic Instinct mm-hmm. where uh, Michael Douglas's character is like under a highway in a parking lot and like a Ferrari comes at him and the Ferrari like just hits a freaking stuntman and the stuntman just flies up in the air, body slams himself on the pavement, gets up and he's fine. Yeah. And it's much like here with the Porsche where um, Schwarzenegger runs out and like David Patrick Kelly's yellow Porsche just nails him and he f- jumps up and he gets up and he kind of like hops like, I'm okay, you know? <laughs> but it's kind of like, it's a, just a stuntman with that are wearing, I think, muscles. Yeah, you yeah. can kind of see it looks like a guy, you know, and it even looks like it's a stuntman who's wearing a wig of Schwarzenegger's wig. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. a wig, but his hairstyle, like yeah, the, yeah. the spiky hair. Which which the the length of his of the mullet back, slight, very slight mullet. Yeah. 
changes throughout the movie. I don't well, know because if you he's, it, it's interesting because this, this film only took like forty five days to shoot. They must so have it's like what the re- hell was? They must have done free shoots though. Yeah, because there's stuff like the at the truck, like the close ups of him looking into the truck, which truck? like his like in the beginning, like oh. his pickup truck. Yeah. Where, like, you know, where he, he they took to the distributor cup out, the yeah, stripper yeah. cap. Like the close-ups is like he's got like no, he's got very short hair in the back, and then yeah. you cut to like, you know, the longer shots, and he's got like a kind of a slight mullet. That's going hilarious. Up. So they must have been like, we need close-up. That must have been. A lot <laughs> we didn't do any. We didn't do any. <laughs> we didn't do any coverage of this. <laughs> Shit. We we don't, nobody understands why the car doesn't work. <laughs> and it's interesting too that they. Um, they what do you call they they um they brought him back. I'm surprised he was like, No, you get somebody else and yeah. they had like the Gold, stuntman. Goldblatt was like, Not this in the <laughs> editing room was like, This shit doesn't work, guys. Yeah, well, well, why why is he pushing the truck? <laughs> why didn't he just start the truck? Yeah, why didn't you just you know, why did he have to push it down a hill? You know, and this is so anyway. So this it's just it's funny if you watch the stuntman as this movie goes on. So he meets Ray Dong Chong. Um, David Patrick Kelly's ridiculously hitting on her. She says, no, no, no. He, she follows him out to the parking lot, and then she says, get lost. And that's what he says, you, <laughs> you fucking whore. It's like, you mean. Yeah, it's like, like, I mean, like hate, like real like, anger. I, I, I almost it. was uncomfortable. Like, if I had watched this with my wife, I'm like, Jesus, this is what women, this is, there's dudes out in the world that do this to women. So if this is, if you're a woman listening to this podcast, that's scary that some, like, you know, like, hey, you want to have a good time? No, please leave me alone. No, and then you follow, and he's like, please leave me alone, you fucking whore. <laughs> Why am I a whore? Because I said no to you, you know? Yeah. It's quite, because didn't he say, like, I got something I want to give you? <laughs> he said that to her, and it's like, well, yeah, what do you want to yeah. give me? My cock, you know? <laughs> the hot beef injection. Yeah, you know, you need a thermal injection of <laughs> So uh, he leaves, and then Schwarzenegger freaking kidnaps her. He's like, don't move. And then he rips yeah, the seat rips out. Rips the seat out for, like, no real reason. Well, because, yeah, he wants to be, like, too low. And, it's, and this is a nice car. It looks like an MG. I'm but a, now he's just, like, at the same height of her. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it's a real nice car she has. It's like a collector's item. And a, a, the, the name escapes me. We should know what it is. It kind of looks like an MG. So he's like, you got to follow. So they follow. So let's go. So right now he ripped out the bucket seat. So we have no seat in the passenger seat because this becomes um, integral later in the plot. So he's driving along. They get to the mall. Like we said, they're going to the Sherman Oaks. Uh, Galleria. The Galleria. The Galleria. T-1000, the Galleria. <laughs> uh, and they get there, and it's and it looks like, basically, for us, we live in the New York City area. Uh, out in Westchester, there's the Palisades Mall and the, across the Tappan Zee Bridge. Yeah. And we used to always say, like, that that would be a great mall to have, like, a Jackie Chan sequence in. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing with the, the Schwarzenegger scene. There's all these – It's it looks like it's a Saturday night, and um, – we he's like you gotta I'm not gonna explain to you because then he gets her in and he, she's like will you explain to him what's happening he's like no and it's like well ex- tell me what's happening it, it, that's not yeah. English no <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he, and he gets her into these like you gotta you know please you gotta get him over here and then that's gonna be it he could have told her like you know he has my daughter yeah, I need yeah. it's fucking ta- have you seen Taken have you seen the movie Taken it's a lot like that <laughs> yeah, it's happening now hurry so he goes over she goes over there she tells a cop and the cop's like standing in the bar yeah, he's like having a He's got his gun. He's not even. He's not even on a break. He's having a beer, and the cops like, uh, "I'll get it." And he calls. Yeah, I'll go check it out. And he calls everybody. He calls yeah. the entire mall security. Forty guys over. Sure, I got this big motherfucker over and here. He's a mean motherfucker. And then there's your black guy who's like, uh, "You guys want to go see me kick some ass?" <laughs> well, it cuts to him, and he's totally like just talking to these chicks. chicks. It's hilarious, and he and he's like, "You want to?" So, uh, she's watching. 
what's his face? Uh, what's his face? Um, uh, David Patrick Kelly makes the exchange. As we said, he says this is a great place for Hunt Slash. Gets the passports. As he's, he sees Ray Dong Chong, so he goes to talk to her by the doorway. It uh, kind of coincides with them asking Schwarzenegger who he is. Schwarzenegger starts just beating everybody up, which is hilarious. Like he's really like laying these guys out, yeah, yeah. breaking things. And David Patrick Kelly sees it. He's like, fuck. And this is when it gets exciting for me as a kid. Like, he's like, give me a quarter. And then she must realize, oh, maybe what he's saying is right. He grabs her. He's like, and he's like, it's, again, a testament to how awesome of an actor David Patrick Kelly yeah, is. Yeah. He's like, give me a fucking, take your fucking <laughs> runs. And then it's like, they said, like, well, maybe Schwarzenegger, like, ripped the wiring out. And it's like, no, that's not what Schwarzenegger do. He'd pick up the fucking phone booth. So Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. if I remember, how does this work? He runs over to him, uh, shakes the fucking, no, oh, so... David Petrichelli has a gun. Yeah, yeah. He picks the gun out, shoots the glass, out, breaks the glass, and then that's what the glass. And so then he starts shaking it, and David Petrichelli's like, "Oh, I can't make the phone call, yeah, or can't, shoot. or can't, can't put the <laughs> gun up and shoot, shoot point again. blank." Shatters the th- shatters the glass. Schwarzenegger picks the fucking phone booth, and it looks like he picked the phone yeah, booth yeah. up. And you know, I, mean, I guess it was lighter, probably. Flipped it over. We have forty security guards come at this point, all with guns, and it gets into these sequences. You see, like in. Uh, like cartoons where they all jump on top of him. He's able to lift them all up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then David Patrick Kelly hightails it out of there. He pulls out a... The other guy comes out. I don't know why the guy he was making the, the, the deal with with the money, he yeah, just yeah. starts... So maybe he thinks the deal went wrong. He yeah, starts yeah. shooting. All these freaking mall cops are suddenly getting killed. And <laughs> 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 fight off for this. Yeah, and he, exactly. And, and you think all these families that are like losing parents on a, or fathers on a Saturday night... David Patrickelli takes his gun out. He start. He lays out a couple security guards. I was almost like, did Schwarzenegger kill anybody? No, he must have just... But he really put some people into physical therapy. Yeah. They might not be able to, you know, raise their arm again anytime soon. And then he does that great stunt where you see um, David Patrickelli must get into the elevator to go down towards the parking garage. He grabs the b- balloons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's... Very Jackie Chan-ish. David Patrick... Uh, uh, security guard's about to shoot. Schwarzenegger, and then that's when Ray Dong Chong, no, she sticks up for him, knocks that guy down the flight of stairs. Luckily, he didn't break his neck because she could have killed him. Yeah, yeah. And then he does the Jackie Chanish balloon jump where if you look very closely, you could see he's holding on to like a wire on the other side of the balloon. But still, for, suffice to say, beautiful stunt, ballsy by that stuntman who's yeah. Schwarzenegger's Tarzan double. Tarzan swings that shit from yeah. one end of the mall. It, it looks, it's awesome, and it, they, it Times out perfectly where he's able to just drop on. Perfect the, timing. You know, which which also means he wasn't, like, clipped in. The guy held on. He yeah, didn't yeah. have a safety line. Then he was able to drop on top of that elevator. Schwarzenegger's stuntman. Uh, they run into the parkway. David Patrick Kelly gets in his car. Um, Schwarzenegger gets into his car, and he's about to leave. Radon Sean's like, you're not leaving without me. She's suddenly involved. I care. It's my car. So they get in. There's this huge car se- chase sequence where there's, are you going to tell me what's going on? And she... Again, she she says in the spe- special features she plays. It's her loyal uh, um, laurel to his Hardy, where she's yeah, the yeah. straight man having the reaction that the audience member would have in the situation, and he's kind of like the yeah. macho man bad guy who or bad guy superhero who's like, you know, this is going to happen, and he's causing all this. And she's like, I can't believe what you're doing. Are you going to tell me what's happening? And I don't know at that point why he's not like, he's, no, no. <laughs> why can't he just say, yeah, my dog has been kidnapped and just shut the fuck up and, you know, signal for me, please, because I'm making a right turn. <laughs> you know, put your arm And up. she's like in the spot where there's no seat. Yeah, so she's in the passenger seat with no seat. So she's basically sitting on the floor of this antique car because it's not a modern car. So we get into what it looks like they're getting into the hills of Los Angeles, and, and he's really bashing up the side of this Porsche. Um, and he gets to the point where he, he pushes the Porsche over on its side. It runs a hill. 
His car hits full on, I'd say about at least 40 to 60 miles an hour into a telephone yeah, pole. Yeah. And Radong Chong's not even in a seat in the car. <laughs> I know. She's, She's like, are you okay? Yeah. So like, like, she would have flown <laughs> through the windshield. <laughs> yeah. She would have been right on the windshield impaled onto this onto the the, 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 uh, the telephone pole. Schwarzenegger wasn't even seatbelted in. She's not yeah. even sitting in the fucking seat. I know. She would have flown out of the fucking windshield, like past the trees, off the hill. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it's, been a goner. it's hilarious because it's such a violent impact. Like, yeah. <laughs> And then it's a, it's like not a jump cut, but it cuts right quick. To like, are you okay? And she's like, I think so. <laughs> like she didn't even hit her head on the dashboard. It's like, wow, you know, that's just, it's <laughs> yeah. all right. And then he's able to, he, and then it's a great he, scene. He did like the mom stop. <laughs> yeah, the mom stop where she, he put his hand out, grabbed her breast and then held her. <laughs> Hold her in place with his, uh, with his hand. And uh, he's, um, he walks over. Great scene. He pulls david patrick kelly out and he's really i mean i guess david patrick kelly said like hey i'm into it you just be as violent as you want because he's throwing him against the car and david patrick goes like why don't you go fuck your ass he says something else to him like why don't you say it a little louder because i didn't hear you the first time and he's just throwing him against the car and he's like and, he, and schwarzenegger is getting pissed off but schwarzenegger knows at this point which is hilarious he doesn't need him so he picks him up and he walks over and again well, he pulls out the key Yes, and he looks. Does he look at the key, or does he show the key? He must look at the key. Does it, it shows cut, the does camera it the key? I yeah. Don't assume that he looks <laughs> okay, because I didn't know if later on, if the, if the camera only sees it when he shows it to Sally, but he picks Sally up and he starts walking over, and it's again one of these scenes where if you look at the top of the frame by Sally's lay, you can see the wire, yeah, yeah. and he and he pulls him over the canyon. He's like, "What you got to worry about now is gravity," and he says, "Like this is my weak arm," and he's like, "You know." Uh, and he just starts fucking with him, and he's like, "I ain't gonna tell you, Matrix." And he's like, "I don't need to know anymore, you fucking asshole." And he shows him the key, <laughs> the motel key. And then Sally's like, "No, that's the motel key from two nights ago. That's I didn't return it." You know, so there's a lot of dead ends here where he could have not yeah, have yeah. could have not have been the right answer. Does but he, remember, I told you I'd kill you last. He said, "Yeah, Matrix, you said I kill you." <laughs> I lied. Ah, and he falls. Another great fucking line. And then he walks over, and he's like, Are "You all right?" She's like, "Yeah. What are we gonna do now?" He pushes. Like, the, she's like, no, she's like, where? Did, where's? Well, he pushes the Porsche over. They yeah, get yeah. in. And then he says, yeah. She's like, where, where's Sally? He's like, I let him go. <laughs> and then they peel out. It's hilarious. You see him peel out. It turns, and then the car is perfectly fine on that side, and yeah. it peels out. So there's. So uh, well, we're, we're not. Could, I mean, we could go and talk. We could, yeah, step by step, scene by scene. This we're not knocking this movie, movie, but like I'm gonna say that the, the the continuity person was not doing their job on this film, fucking film. So the next scene, they're at the the, the, yeah, the hotel. I, I mean, there's so many great scenes. I mean, I don't know if we need to go. Well, we're, we're, we're almost. <laughs> we're, we're, we're almost there. He, he, they, they 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 follow the hotel there. They're like, uh, you know. Uh, we're going to see what's going on here. Cook's supposed to meet me at the hotel. They, uh, Cook comes, starts a shower. He's like, Cook's like, Bill Duke's like, where's, uh, where's Sully? He's in the shower. And then Schwarzenegger's and they have this big fight. Another great line where he's like, you know, I'm a Green Beret. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take you down or something. He's like, well, uh, I eat Green Berets for breakfast and right now I'm very hungry. <laughs> and then there's the big, great fight. You know, yeah. they, they knock into a room and, um, I looked, uh, I gotta see if I can find the woman's name. They knock into another room, and I remember when I saw that, like this girl had some. Yeah, she had some. She had some cartoon eyes. She had some huge, huge breasts. the girl in the other room, and, and I looked her up, and, I, and her name escapes her right now. But she's actually yeah. some. Um, they knock into this room where this couple is having sex. Yeah. If you look closely, 
He's on all fours. She's behind him. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, and it, there's it, a video camera. Oh, I didn't know. I've never noticed the video camera. <laughs> there's a video camera on a tripod next really? to the bed, while, like pointed at them. And, 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 and it only makes you wonder what the hell is going on in there. So uh, they're they're tussling a little more, which is hilarious. And um, he ends up impaling Bill Duke. Yeah. So he actually gets no information out of Bill Duke because he's so violent he impales Bill Duke. Well, I mean, Bill Duke's putting up a fight. I mean, it's self-defense at that point. And it's just true, but he kind of like, it's basically like a, uh, you know, it, it, um, oh, her name is, uh, thank you uh, to our script girl, uh, Ava uh, Cardell, uh, C-A-D-E-L-L. She's billed as girl in motel bedroom and she's a sex therapist now. She's a personal sex empowerment. She's a media therapist and author of seven books and founder of Loveology University. And if you go look her up, she's got a lot of photos of herself doing some really risque things in the late 80s and early 90s. So it's a perfect role for her. So she he kills Bill Duke, and he's like, fuck, what are we going to do now? And then they've unloaded, like, uh, Bill Duke had, like, a 357 Magnum, so he unloaded six bullets. So they go out, and they're like, let's search his car. There's no worry that the cops are going to come. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, they've unloaded six the guns. The couple next door hasn't called the police. Yeah, he's, they've killed this huge black man, in, you know, in the thing. And, you know, like you said, broke into another room. No one's worried about anything. They find, um, uh, and this is where it gets really like the, the scriptwriter's like, "Shit, how are we gonna get him to the island?" And they, they have this rule like, "Oh, it's a it's a receipt from a, from a, a fuel, and it could tell here." So they they're able to get the coordinates to the island by going to this this place. They go, they find a boat, and they and they find a great uh, uh, 1942 yeah. Grumman Goose. They get into, and then before there, he's like, "I gotta go shopping," and it's a great sequence where he goes to this place, which is a real uh, place in L.A. called Surplus City. And it's a place where in the 1960s they had the largest collection of surplus Jeeps in Mighty Mites for sale in the U.S. They go in there, and I love how it's in the 80s. Uh, of course, there's no alarm. He, luckily, there's like a tractor right there. Well, there's a construction site across the yeah, street or something. Which is very much like Terminator, maybe like Kyle Reese is napping in his car, <laughs> you know, before he has... Parallel those, universe. Yeah, or he's having those flashbacks. So he takes the thing, goes right through the front front window. There's no alarm that goes off. They have as much time in the world. He's grabbing all this shit. He grabs this vest that's like evidently not for commercial sale, but it's a real vest that he grabs. And then he's like, he knows. He's like looking. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, and he hits the button. The door's open. It's like, oh. Yeah, and they get into this room where it's like, my arsenal. fucking God, I cannot believe that any of this would be commercially for sale or even anyone that's would a, have. That's, behind the, you know, that's why it's in the full behind the counter, man. It's, he's got rocket launchers. He's got a minigun. There is a freaking 19, is it a, not, not a Colt 1911? It's a 1905 like uh, Browning mach, machine gun that they had like in World War One, like you have on a tripod. Yeah, yeah. That's on the wall. So it's like, what the fuck are they doing with a fucking 19, well, World War One, you know, Browning submachine gun on the wall? So um, he grabs all this shit. The cops come. Of course, they arrest him. They don't get her. They put him in the back of a truck. Uh, they're driving away. The, one of the cops looks very familiar, the, the, the one in the passenger seat. They come to a red light. He's like, you got to call Colonel Troutman. I mean, call uh, <laughs> Kirby. Call Kirby. He's going to tell you. Like, yeah, gotta whatever. Call Jack Kirby. He's like, he's we were, like, he draws for Marvel Comics. And he's like, <laughs> Jack Kirby. He's, he's, he's friends of Stan Lee. You got to know now. And they're like, I think we're the Captain America. <laughs> and they're like, I think we arrested him last week. They get to a light. She's there, like, give him the wink. And like, all right, look, she's pretty. This is sexual harassment. What do you want? Show us your tits. <laughs> They drive away. She's parked there. She gets out the rocket launcher. She shoots it the wrong way the first time. And this is hilarious. I'm sure these were getting laughs in the movie theater. 
And then they're like, oh my God, what the fuck is she going to do? She turns it around. She shoots a rocket launcher at the... And this is one of these movies where, Jesus, if she shot that rocket launcher, uh, 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 I was going to say LPG, uh, uh, RPG, uh, at that and hit it square on, not the wheel, that's the end of the fucking movie. (laughs) Blows the fuck... She's like, shit. And just when she's like... (laughs) Gets in the car and drives away. You know, it's not Arnold's like, how do do that? But he should have been like, what the fuck are you doing? You could have killed me, you dumb bitch. You know, Jesus, that, that's a, it's an incinerary. He blows up a contact. So then we basically explain the whole movie. And then he gets to there. They, they get yada, to the yada, yada. They get to the goose. plane. They get to, they get to the island. He, he does this great montage of him putting on all his shit. And I love through the, he puts on all this great makeup, like the, the camouflage. How do I look? Yeah. <laughs> and he looks really good. So he must've been using a mirror as well as, you know, since I work in television, accentuating his muscle line. Yeah. He perfectly. must, he must do this a lot, you know? And, and also I work in, in, in television news. So it's funny because in between breaks, when you see on air talent, they have makeup people come in and reapply. And that's the important thing here because, and there's a lot of scenes in the movie where it looks like his stuff is fading, and then the next scene, it looks like he reapplied it all. <laughs> so he, he's oh, like, fuck, it's fading. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, <laughs> he's hiding, like, <laughs> putting stuff back on. Like, I got to finish it here. It's okay, okay. It's not streaking. Is it streaking? Is it streaking? So he gets all the shit there, and um, uh, he goes on a, a fucking. Uh, spree here. Uh, you know, he grabs a Volmo uh, seven uh, M78 light machine gun, Uzi, a Remington model, Uzi. eight seven combat shotgun, and then a Desert Eagle uh, automatic. And then at one point, he commandeers an M60 E3 belt-fed machine gun and an M16A1 uh, assault rifle, and he just tears the place up. And this is, I think, the ending of this movie here is like one of the most classic examples of what the fucking. 80s action yeah, yeah. history. Like, it is he, amazing. I mean, he blows up the... He blows up the bunkers where they are. The bunkers like six times. He, 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 <laughs> they just keep on showing it from different angles. Yeah, he has claymores he got from, you know, and, and it's hilarious that like luckily he put them facing the right way. And when he blows them all up, it's again one of these situations where you can tell they're all just mannequins yeah, it's like standing ply, there. Ply, <laughs> it's all plywood. Buildings. There's mannequins that aren't moving that are just, yeah, yeah. That are just kind of slightly <laughs> sitting there. And then he just lays waste to everybody. And everybody, again, he's throwing grenades, and you could see they're on, like, those catapult systems. So they jump, and they, you know, when, when the shit blows up. Um, they said when he's on the beach going in, when he's in that, you know, he's in that awesome fucking G-string. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, he gets yeah. out, and she's like, oh, my fucking God. There's yeah. this, There must have been a scene. They said they shot a scene where the two of them got together and made love, but it just was so unbelievable or just didn't work so much that they actually cut it out. And I wonder if it's in the plane, because when she comes out of the plane... She's like, it only looks like she has like the, his, a shirt on. You know, it doesn't look like she has the skirt on anymore like that. Oh, she's kind of open. This. And she's like, are you you're leaving? And he's, of course, just in his spandex. Yeah, yeah, he's so like maybe his she was like, <laughs> maybe she was like, you know, you want to go for it right now? I'll see what you got packed in there. And we should also mention that while they're there, getting to the island, a little cameo by uh, <laughs> our man Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Bill Paxton was like, you know, you have to, you're going too low, man. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, hey, man, <laughs> you know, it's, it's Game over, man. Game over. You know, and also we know Bill Paxton's in Terminator. Mm-hmm. And then he also shows up in True Lies again. 
So he's in a couple of, uh, you know, he's he's in one of the uh, well, he's a acting troupe of, yeah, the acting troupe of Cameron. So he's there. They get to the island, and uh, like I said, a perfect physique. It's like Schwarzenegger in his prime. You know, me and you are both heterosexuals, but we will give credit where credit's due. <laughs> yeah. Schwar- Schwarzenegger's looking like fucking a million dollars. He applies his shit, goes, blows everything up. And then there's the sequence when he gets onto the beach. They shot it at um, uh, Randolph Hearst's Sam Simeon. Uh, that's where you where he yeah. gets on the beach, and that's for people. Uh, he was the uh, newspaper mogul in the '30s, which uh, uh, Charles Foster Kane, Orson Welles' um, Citizen Kane was based off of, and, and Sam Sinian was the equivalent of Xanadu in, in Citizen Kane. So his estate is still there. So they use that for him getting on the beach, and then which is hilarious is when they get onto the mansion grounds, yeah, yeah. and they're shooting. There's the big fight. The fight. It's actually uh, the old silent comedian Harold Lloyd. Yeah, it's his house. It's his. It's his mansion. His estate. So it's amazing that these huge, gorgeous silent uh, movie or media mogul estates are still there, and they're using them now. As and I guess I forget where, but the uh, uh, Harold Lloyd's house is used other times too. I think. Uh, see, I feel like like people may know Charlie Chaplin, they may know Buster Keaton, but yeah, I feel yeah. like Harold Lloyd's a guy. Interesting fact about Harold Lloyd. His, his, since Harold Lloyd has come up, well, the, other than the fact that... He blew he, off a finger in a, ble- ble- in a publicity <laughs> shot. He blew off a couple of fingers in a publicity shot and then wore a glove through the rest of his movie. Yeah, he was doing a, he was doing publicity st- and he had a bomb in his hand for a... Sh- for a yeah, he was going to like light a cigarette with a bomb. And they, they were just doing publicity shots, like actually like, you know, uh, photos, and, he, and the fucking bomb went off, blew off his finger, so he had to wear a glove the rest of his life to c- conceal that fact. But but Aside from that, here's a, a little. Well, I'm not since who knows when we'll get back to talking about Harold Lloyd. When do we ever? Right. <laughs> so you know, it's good, it's a good. You know how? Well, he was. So we said who he was. He was a silent. He was comedian. a silent comedian. Actually, these and actually, you know, as you know, for the day, as successful as B- Buster uh, Keaton, Keaton or, Chaplin, yeah. and was the most successful in talkies. Yeah. He actually made the transition into talk because a lot of people. He's couldn't. the one that's hanging off uh, the clock tower. The clock tower. In like, it's it famous, looks like Times Square. In the famous Inos. image. Yeah, of him I in mean, the silent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love Harold Lloyd. And I mean, you know, Ke- Keaton's my guy, but Harold Lloyd and, is great. And since we're talking about silent comedians, we we wholeheartedly recommend people go back and watch any of that stuff. And people may be like, "How can I watch silent movies?" It's not about the movies being silent. You just got to see what they're doing. Yeah, like yeah. Chaplin, and especially Keaton, they're doing all their own oh, stunts. Man, if you want to see like the the true the, the like beginning true of, Jackie Chan, <laughs> the true like action sequences, you should see what these guys are doing on their own. No stuntmen. They invented themselves. They're doing it all one take. Yeah. You know, there's no usually there's no uh, cutting or or any kind of special effect to help. Yeah, them. I mean these guys put themselves through, especially uh, Keaton and Lloyd. You know, the stuff they were doing was amazing, and it's amazing because it looks so seamless. Like uh, Keaton's most famously, people may know, is that shot where he kind of walks out in the side of the building, house falls, yeah. and he's he's perfectly where the window. So it lands and he's in the window area, so he's all right. But it's like it's amazing what these guys do. But sorry, Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd, big little... guy with the glasses. You may know him with the big round glasses. Uh, the but that's what this factoid is about with the big round glasses. Did you know that Harold Lloyd was huge in like China and Japan? No, so huge in fact that his glasses became a fashion statement. So. 
then moving forward, when you see the stereotype of Asian people with little round glasses, oh yeah, yeah, it's because like of the Harold, 30s. It's because of Harold Lloyd. Wow, it's it it went to <laughs> it went to Asia because as they, a fashion statement because of the popularity of Harold Lloyd. He was so huge that people started wearing glasses like him. It's interesting because and then it became back. It became an Asian stereotype. So it's here. fascinating. Yeah, here. So it's fascinating to see one that American pop culture was making such an impact pre-World War II. It was also, it was so easy because since they were silent, it was the transition was seamless. A lot of those movies, you, you needed to just express yourself by action. So you didn't need to have to worry about, you know, say, dubbing the track, yeah. you know. And yeah, American films, I read a book a couple of years ago, not to stop this whole cast down, about Charlie Chan and about the Chinese immigration over to America's and the China Exclusionary Act, Chinese Exclusionary Act, like 1901 or 1902, that they wanted to keep them on after they were doing the railroads. But, yeah, their culture, our culture permeated over there so much yeah. so that you have these silent movies playing that are hits because, you know, there's minimalism of, of conversion. And who would have known? So, yeah, it goes from America to Asia and then back again as an Asian stereotype. But it's only because of how fucking huge Harold Lloyd was over there. Yeah, you that know. His, it would, you know, it would be like if, like, the bowler hat became a thing because of Chaplin or, like, the Hitler mustache, <laughs> you know, came back as a, you know, the... Cha- like in vogue the chaplain thing but yeah those glasses when you see those old like cartoons and the old stereotypical like uh you know portrayals of asian people in old movies and stuff and you see those little round glasses it's because of it's because of the popularity of harold lloyd that that exists it's amazing uh, a little bit of a little bit of trivia yeah and god bless him because he has a, a phenomenal house which i can't for the life of me find in my notes what else was used but if you know that when they're when they're in the grounds, like around that yeah, little Dan Hidea's, uh... yeah, his his area, they use that in other movies. It's not the same one that I don't think <coughs> it's the same one they use in uh, Romeo's Bleeding that um, Roy Scheider lives in, or the the house that the guy maybe, from. You think Godfather. maybe it could be? Remember the Godfather where the guy finds the horse's head? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's it either. Maybe Beverly Hills Cop. Yes, that's it. That's the one because it's Joel Silver again at the climactic scene of Beverly Hills Cop. That's what I was thinking of. They use the shootout is the same house, so which is hilarious because it's like in Benedict Canyon, which is the same area where they had the in the hills where yeah. he had the fight with Sali. So it's like you think about during the day if you're living in this very fancy area of Beverly Hills where it is uh, Benedict Canyon, you're gonna have yeah. like automatic gunfire. It's all right, we're just <laughs> shooting a movie. So Schwarzenegger is laying waste to all these guys. People are getting scared. It's, it's notable to say Vernon Wells is very funny through the movie. Like you know, he they, they find out the timeline. The guy gets off the plane. He's not on the plane. They call him. Uh, what's his face? Dan Hedaya is like killer. He uh, what's his face runs over right before that. One of his mercenaries is like uh, slicing a girl's throats, like taking a hot uh, knife through butter. And then he walks over. He's like. I love your pussy fighters thinking they're tough. They're not tough. That's, of course, Australian accent. <laughs> Me and Matrix are tough. Play. Yeah, he's like, all right. Me and Matrix are tough. Matrix is coming back. This is Irish now. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because he's going to lay waste. I'm going to fight him. So it's, it's almost this, there's this yeah. sexual relationship where I think he's jealous of Matrix. He wants that, Matrix. And he also starts to become 
the like the Troutman role. You know, I always say when we talked about First Blood and the Rambo movies, Troutman is like oh he talks him up. The he's the one that's like yeah you're gonna need a whole <laughs> fucking set of body bags. He's gonna supply a body yeah. bags. Oh God would have mercy. He won't. Yeah, you know, he's the one. He's laying it on thick. He's yeah, letting he's you like know, you know he's gonna be all. And then the part where like what we just said where like he where Schwarzenegger blows up all the barracks. You see like him like playing with his blade walking by yeah. the windows and he looks and then it's like a real interesting <laughs> shot where it's like looking up and he's like. Welcome back, John. <laughs> <laughs> they like he like blows a kiss, you know. Very Freddie Mercury looking here. He opens the door. Uh, t- 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 Alyssa Milano's gone. He's like, no. When he looks, he's like, fucking gone. And he runs after. She goes downstairs, and then, uh, like I said, Schwarzenegger's laying waste. Schwarzenegger gets into the tool shed. And the tool shed's a very important thing because they had to cut out some of the gratuitous violence of this yeah. scene. Where Schwarzenegger, he's out of ammo. He looks down. He's actually been grazed for the first time. He's like, fuck, I've actually been grazed. The first time I've ever been shot. Yeah. It sucks. He's, it hurts. And he looks around. He's like, what can I use? MacGyver implementation. And then they get around. <laughs> they get around. The, 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 uh, the, the, the federales get around the freaking thing. And they don't even give him time. They just unload the whole, every gun of the thing. And you think he's dead. They open the door. He throws a pitchfork. He's got the fucking circular saw blades. Yeah, yeah. He throws one circular saw blade. They've kept scalps that. Scalps the guy. Scalps the guy. It's a great effect. It's amazing. It's probably one of the best in the movie. Then the second one, he uh, he comes in, throws a couple more, and he throws one and he hits a guy in the jugular and they actually had to cut out, which they put into the director's cut, the uh, cutaway of him like, ah, like the, the, the jugular is shooting out. You know, they, and then, then there's a scene where he grabs the guy. He has like a fucking machete. He chops the guy's arm off. That's in the movie. But then there's a cutaway of the guy like, ah, and he falls on the ground. It's like, you, you see like the, the yeah, artery yeah. just shooting out blood. I don't remember where I saw this, but somebody was being interviewed. I don't know if it's Joel Silver or Mark Lester, but they were talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or maybe it's... Maybe it's in that, you know what, now that I'm thinking about that John Millia's documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. And somebody, they're talking about the scene and how it was like Schwarzenegger had this whole thing where he wanted to like rip the guy's arm off and then beat him to death with it. It's a violent with, scene. With his arm and everybody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa let's, yeah. let's fucking let's dial it about back this. a little bit. I mean, it's, it's very much like the, the notorious X-rated version of RoboCop where... They had to kind of cut down the gore factor of, say, Egg 209 at the beginning, laying waste to that executive when he malfunctions because it was just too much for censors. And this is the kind of scene where they're like, whoa, 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 this is too much. So, I mean, even at the point where you think about it, it's still gory, where he's, you know, you see the guy, him scalping the guy, cutting the arm off, throwing the blade. So it's pretty, at this point, it's pretty violent. Yeah. Uh, but I like how they're like, now you've crossed the line. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he, he grabs the M60, lays waste to some more guys. He, he has a little gunfight with um, Dan Hedaya. Yeah. Which we may be pronouncing his name wrong, or I am. I didn't notice until this cut that he has the Austrian gun that shows up two years later in Die Hard. That's what Carl uses. That really awesome gun with the clip down in the stock area. Yeah, that's yeah. what the one he's using. And um, great sound effects as well. The gunshots in this movie, I think they're great. And then he, he uh, Schwarzenegger never reloads that shotgun, that that Remington, uh, yeah, yeah. and then he just unloads like five freaking things and kills Danadea. <laughs> and then he's standing there. And then he was like, Daddy? And I don't know if that's like a psychic link. It's like, is yeah, he psychically yeah. connected to his daughter? Because his daughter's running around in the bowels of the basement. She's like, Daddy? Through the you know, It's almost like, you know, um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, where she's falling asleep in class. And she's like, yeah. she's like, Nancy? You know, that kind of a thing. So he runs downstairs. I don't think we're missing anything. And then it's the final confrontation between him and, and Vernon Wells. Yeah. Um, Vernon Wells... Uh, 
you know, like we, we said before that he, he, he auditioned, uh, he didn't get it, he gave it to another guy, they gave it to him, he didn't have the right clothes to fit him, so he was kind of broad fit. It's just hilarious now where he's just, he's so into the role, and he, he shoots he shoots Matrix in the arm, gets him in the shoulder, he hides, and he's like, you know, come on out, and then Schwarzenegger really starts toiling, you know, you don't need to do it, you know, what's, you, you don't need the gun, they choose the knife, you stick it in, and he's like, and, and then you look into my eyes, and you turn, as you turn the blade and see what's going on, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, like, like you could see, like, uh, Vernon Wells is almost getting, like, a stiffy, he's like, yeah, yeah well, yeah. I mean, clearly, Matrix knows how to push his buttons, yeah, how to push yeah. his buttons, yeah, and he's like, you're right, I don't need the girl, I don't need the girl, and he throws it away, <laughs> he's like, I don't, need, I don't need the gun, and then he takes his fucking Rambo hunting knife out, he's like, I'm not just gonna kill you, so I'm gonna kill of your fucking balls, John, and they get into this great fucking knife fight. It's hilarious because Vernon Wells is not at all looking the physical shape to go after Schwarzenegger in this movie. Like, like I th- he's like, I'm gonna, you know. And then they they have this great battle, and uh, you know, he he's he like, they're, they're you know, it's like you look at our age now, where it's like we're yeah. starting to have problems with our backs, the thing, <laughs> and these guys are just like freaking, you know, he he yeah. like breaks her. You hear him crack Vernon Wells's arm. They like break into like a furnace room they fall like a story and a half on the onto like a metal grating floor they get up their front <laughs> I mean it's a pretty impressive basement that's going yeah, on yeah I mean house. it's I, you know, I guess it's it's powering the whole freaking house um, <laughs> and I love the fact that there's an there's an electric fence in the basement <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's, it's powering the whole thing Vernon Wells opens up a furnace rips the furnace door off as you do starts beating Schwarzenegger with it and then Schwarzenegger takes like breaks his arm you can hear the crack and then they're still fighting like it's fine I mean because I guess we're all having adrenaline at this point and then there's that great scene where they're they're pushing the heads into the furnace and you hear and then he turns around like you said he Schwarzenegger kicks him into a fucking electrical fence or a power (laughs) grid (laughs) you think that'll be the end of it but he comes off and he's like stronger like he gives him a power boost (laughs) you woke him up a little yeah (laughs) then he starts really laying into Schwarzenegger and at this point Schwarzenegger like I said he uh he just, um, uh, you know, he's been shot in the arm, and then he's almost got him. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, I forget what he, why, maybe he has a knife or he's something like he's going to get him. So this nigga rips a pipe off, throws it at him. A javelin. <laughs> and I love the reveal because you see him hit him, and you don't know what really happened, but you see all the blood coming out of his mouth. And this is another deleted scene where they had to cut the gratuitousness of, like, Vernon Wells. Like, ah, you know, but then it's like... Uh, Schwarzenegger's let off some steam, Bennett, and it's hilarious in the deleted scenes. They must have said to Schwarzenegger, like, say say a couple lines, and there's a couple lines where he says alternate things. Like, he says, lay off some steam, Bennett. Uh, why don't you chill out? Why don't you take a breath? You know, it's all these different ones for the right thing. And then as you Get pull back... Get the dick out of your mouth, Bennett. <laughs> yeah, stop thinking dick. <laughs> what's, what's the name? Uh, Check yourself before you wreck yourself because thinking dicks up your ass is bad for your health. You know, it's like, oh, he says all these things. Why don't you quit the zero and get with the hero, yeah. Bennett? Stop biting the, the pillow, <laughs> Bennett. <laughs> so, and then you pull back and you see this, all this steam, which is great. He went through a steam pipe. So then he's, and then she's like, Daddy's, oh shit, you saw the whole thing. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to get you some <laughs> psychiatrist help now. We're going to have to bring you a therapist up to the house. Um, so it basically, the ending sequence was like the A Team on steroids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you know, you see a lot of there's those, a there's a those fights. In the there's A-team a YouTube shows. clip where there's a body count for the end sequence. So every time somebody dies, he gets up to seventy three. The but then the movie, the special features, the movie says eighty one. But then somebody on like um, I think uh, Wikipedia or either the trivia says like over a hundred. Um, and I mean, there's 
there's 54 stuntmen credit in this movie, and that's 17 more than the actual cast. I mean, there's a lot of stunts going on in this yeah. fucking movie. So she's like, Daddy? He's like, fuck, you shouldn't have saw that. So, so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry for this whole fucking thing. <laughs> so he carries her out, and then, of course... I'm um, going to get you some McDonald's. Yeah, I'm going to get you a happy meal on the way out, okay? <laughs> All right, Daddy. You like the cheese day in this? I know you do. Okay, Daddy. They warm them up still. That's a throwback to another cast of ours. So um, that's too much in the woods. We, we, we like to just satisfy ourselves. We're a little a loopy now, and I'm sick, and I haven't taken late. any medicine. It's getting late, and Dion's uh, sick. Yeah, he's on, he's I'm on, on meds. The, he's on meds. Uh, so then the last scene of the movie, I don't know what... Like, I thought Radong Chong had such a problem landing the uh, goose, the, 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 the Grumman goose, but then she took it up again, perfectly comes around with the helicopters and lands it perfectly right into the beach. Huey's come land, all the um, of uh, Troutman's, Kirby's men come out, and then there's a deleted scene where like they see him and he's walking out with his daughter shirtless and they're like freeze I said freeze and they're like they don't he doesn't they're like tut, 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 tut. and he walks by and they're like holy shit he did all this and then like you know Bennett the Bennett Kirby says like anything left and he's like bodies <laughs> and then of course he's like you know uh, you know we could really have you back do this for a living leave your daughter a little more what do you think <laughs> you leave your daughter alone yeah. in the house in the, in the cabin and, and we could maybe have the situation happen all over again if you don't get the guys what do you think for good nanny yeah and then He's like, no, I'll be... F-. And he looks over to Ray Dong Chong, and she's sitting there like, no, I'll be fine. And then listen, and I was like, who's that, Dad? I don't know this woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't even like that. Like, they greet like they know each yeah, other. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time. She's like, oh, you're that girl again. And then this awesome song starts. It's like you get the one pop song, and it's called uh, We Fight for Love. We fight for love. And it wasn't included in the original soundtrack. And it's recorded by the group Power Station. And when I'm very excited about the, doing research, I was like, this is a really good song. So I was looking up about stuff, and it comes up in the song, uh, in the notes, is that, like I said, it wasn't on the original soundtrack for the, for the film, but it's done, um, the song is, I said, done by Power Station, and, and that's uh, a Robert Palmer's original band. Oh, okay. And <laughs> Robert Palmer's replacement yeah. for, for uh, is Michael DeBar- DeBarris. And Michael Dees Barris, it's the only song he recorded with the band before he left the band. And he is Murdoch in MacGyver. The bad guy. MacGyver's arch enemy, Murdoch. MacGyver! That's Michael D. Barris. So he was a British pop singer, kind of almost, or like a, uh, uh, in the Sex Pistols kind of a guy. You know what I mean? Like those. Yeah, those yeah, yeah. yeah. So he replaced Robert Palmer in the band, and they, they uh, in the studio, uh, only did one song together as him as the lead singer, and that was this song. Uh, we fight for love. Maybe we should go out on that as this as this <laughs> podcast leaves. So, and I guess in in 2006 they remastered a Power Station album, and that was released on the Power Station album. So then that's the movie ends. They get into the freaking uh, uh, the Grumman Goose, and they fly off, and it's great. She gets it up, and, and as the credits are going, she comes around, and as the credits are going, she comes around one more time, and then she goes up in the air, and then it kind of fades to black, and. I think we covered that movie epically. I know. And we need to throw in there a couple, Jenny! Because that's, that's her name for the movie. <laughs> Jenny! Jenny! And then there's a part where another funny thing is that how we were just saying, like, how he's kind of, like, just blasé about his daughter. Remember when, he's, when he gets shot in the shoulder and he's hiding behind the pillar and... Uh, Vernon Wells is like, I got it. You know, he's like, let the girl go. It's like, not even my daughter. He's like, let the girl go. <laughs> you know? But I think we've made a couple interesting uh, 
points here, aside that she's going to need like psychiatric problems for the rest of her life, is that uh, she uh, that this is the original. Uh, um, what do you call it? Taken. Taken. Yeah. Totally. You know, I mean, for all we know, we could figure out. I probably we will figure out. There's probably like a a 40s or 50s movie that yeah, that, yeah. that was the original. It might taken. even be like a 70s. You know. Yeah, one of these really messed up, like, Sam Peckinpah movies, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. where they're sending her, like, pieces, like, this is her ear or whatever <laughs> like that. But, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting, interesting stuff. So, deleted scenes, there's a, a really shitty scene, which I'm glad they kind of kept out, uh, because we watched the, the, the director's cut. But then, on top of that, there's scenes that they left out that they thought were just too, they didn't need them in the movie. And like we said, there's the freeze, there's the line after Bennett's death, the gratuitousness, uh, there's the scene, which I think was kind of needed, of him tell, talking about his past while they're driving, and he alludes to like the stuff he did in the Middle East and how, how it was too much violence, and he wished he could forget it, and that's why he's been gone from his daughter. But there's a mall scene where after all that shit went down in the mall, that, that Kirby shows up, and Kirby's like talking to the detective, and it's like the Troutman, like you're saying, yeah. he's like, you know, you need a whole bunch of baddie bags, and he, the cop's like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's good, he's like a hurt, okay. <laughs> Say a hurricane comes through and destroys everything, and you can't stop it. You just got to run and hide and wait for it to go. That's what he is. And the detective's like, so what are you talking about? He's like, he's a hurricane. <laughs> so it's, it's very much like the trout. He's like, I still don't get you. You need to hide. So I'm kind of glad they kept that out. And uh, the, the, like I said, the director said, uh, Lester said it was like kind of like he approached it like pop art. He, he was like a, it was like an alternative reality. It was larger than life camp. Uh, so I don't know if, like I said, that it's interesting to think that he actually had that idea. I could see yeah. them looking at it like being ultraviolent as pop art. They shoot it like it's an alternate universe. So this is, yeah, you know, you yeah. do it so on steroids, no pun intended, that it's believable. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, the movie came out in, uh, let's see, it, it, it only took 45 days to shoot. Um, I think we said that the budget was $10 million. Uh, it, it debuted as number one in October 6, 1985 in the United States. Uh, it ended up grossing $57.5 million. That's pretty good uh, for, a, for a $10 million thing. So to put a fine point on all this, in 1986, they kind of wanted to do a sequel to the film, and they wrote a script based on a book. The book was called Nothing Lasts Forever from 1979 uh, by Roderick Thorpe, and um, it was written and revised by Frank Darabont, which people know from The Walking Dead. Um, but Schwarzenegger was really not interested in reprising the role. It was going to be about a security guard who hires uh, in, in a building a special uh, force of deadly, the most deadliest mercenaries in the world. Uh, he gets them and he, he makes them the security force to, to oversee and protect this company in this building. Um, they are computer properties and the personnel inside the building. But then what ends up happening is all the baddest commandos he has ended up uh, hiring in the world turn on him. And then he has to go and then, you know, destroy and kill all these people that he's hired subsequently and uh, reclaim the building. So Schwarzenegger was not really interested in reprising the role uh, as John Matrix. And what they ended up doing was they kind of slightly revised the script and they hired Bruce Willis and they called it Die Hard. And that is actually the um, pseudo sequel to Commando. That that would have been Commando 2 uh, had Schwarzenegger um, wanted to reprise the role of John Matrix. So, one to grow on. Uh, I didn't know that they actually came out with toys for the... For oh, the yeah, I remember. In fact, I was going to bring that up because I knew somebody that had 
Did you a, ma- did, a really? matrix, and I assumed that it had to have been you. No, it wasn't but, me. No, uh, yeah, they they actually made uh, made toys for the thing, which is which is really really interesting. That that uh, remember the Rambo, the first blood Rambo figure I had, which was from the cartoon. Yeah, the cartoon was amazing. They were by like the way. that size, if I recall correctly. Ah, I see. Yeah, that, that they say here that the, in 1986, uh, Diamond Toy Makers to to uh, to capitalize off of uh, GI Joe that was out that was really doing well. Is that they came out with a uh, a figure for um, a whole bunch of these figures that uh, very they want to make they, they're slightly more realistic than GI Joe. Maybe that's why you're saying they're like the yeah, Rambo yeah. figures. And they were like um, maybe eight inches tall, something like that. Excuse me, mom. I'm starting to sound really shitty as this goes on this cast. But it is called um, for the for the toys. Matrix now leads an elite special forces unit, which it replaced his old deceased unit because everybody got killed in the movie. And it's called the C Team. And you think about the A team and then the B team and then the C team, but I guess maybe they're thinking commando C yeah, team yeah. like that. And he heads up. It's made of uh, specs, S P E X blaster chopper, and he fights the forces of fear. And fear is an acronym for I don't know what, but it's F E A R. And it's led by Psycho, which is based on the Bennett character. And then he has under him Leadhead, Stalker, and Sawbones. And you said there was uh, like four inch figures, I guess. And then there's eight inch figures. Uh, consisting of a Matrix Specs Blaster, all of them. And then there is an 18-inch John Matrix figure that comes... I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That Like a special edition, which maybe came out in like the late 90s, early 2000s, and it comes with an M16, a pistol, and a grenade. You know, I'm just trying to play with that thing. That's awesome. It's like kind of like remember, <laughs> who remember the time when they had play the, with a little person. They had the G.I. Joe. <laughs> remember when they came out with the G.I. Joe... Uh, in the late '90s, they had those really awesome, like Barbie-sized GI Joe guys. Yeah, they had like the World War II ones, and I thought those were freaking awesome. And there's that awesome documentary. Um, uh, I know, but this is like another. What's the what's six inches taller than that? Oh, you're right though. 18 inch. You're right. That is like a playing with like a little person. <laughs> That's like playing with like a like a like a uh, um, what's the name? My buddy, you know, <laughs> my buddy and kid sister. Uh, there's what's the name of that documentary? Uh, Baltimore. What's the one with the guy up upstate that plays with the? He makes those. Um, he makes the, the 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 pictures with the toys, and they look so realistic. World War Two. Called. Uh, it's called. Um, you know. You know. I don't know what you're okay, I'll put about. a link in the cast. Very good documentary about a guy who got beat up really bad outside a bar, and he had like he almost died, and he had brain injuries, and when he woke up, he can't. Uh, Malwin call. It's called. I think Malwin call. And he woke up, and he's psychologically messed up, and he's kind of retreated in his own head. And what he does to, to, to try to figure things out is he has this elaborate town he's made in his backyard. Oh, I think I don't know if I saw it or you were telling me about and it. He, and he he had he's a photographer, so what he does is he uses those big like twelve inch Barbie sized GI Joes, and he makes these highly realistic uh, photos. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then he has this whole world where he has he the people he interacts with in his life. He he makes them out of, and then he, he kind of. You know, so if there's a girl he likes and she doesn't like him, he makes her in the bar. It's weird, but yeah, great yeah. documentary. Uh, I'll put a link to it here. Uh, anyway, so I think we've basically that's really all that what we can say about the movie. I think for like yeah. this is you know, only a little flashback to some of our earlier casts where we would kind of go through the movie. Yeah, <laughs> because replay, it's like how do you re- replay the movie? It's such play, a yeah. it's such a weird movie. It's like you know, and this was nominated for a Saturn Award for for best special effects, but it lost. To Back to the Future, <laughs> which is interesting because Saturn awards are usually for you know science fiction, fantasy, horror. Yeah, so it's odd that in especially '85, you think they would have been able to five, find quite a few special uh, science fiction films, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, and 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, you know, the sexual tension between Vernon Wells' character, which he clearly brought over from uh, Road Warrior, and uh, all the, just the, that this now lives in the annals of um, of just uh, camp. And I don't know if it should, like you said. You went on record at the beginning of the saying that it is not a guilty pleasure. And I kind of agree with you where it, I don't think it should be. It's it's interesting how it's remembered that way. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of sad that it's remembered as a guilty pleasure. But this is to me like the penultimate eighties action. Yeah, movie. like if you were gonna like put a if it was, you know, if you were gonna make like a time capsule, and to to try to represent what the eighties were. This is it. And just be like, put it away for you know, like this is what the eighties <laughs> were for people. I think if you were gonna go with an eighty an action an eighties action example, this would be the one you put in. Yeah, because it 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 totally um. It's not as serious as, like, say, a Terminator, but at the same time, it is. It takes itself wholeheartedly seriously. Yeah, yeah. And it, and you know, another thing we 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 can't fault it for is the pacing is amazing. I yeah, mean, this yeah. is just one, two, three. You know, half hour in, we're already halfway through the movie. You know, so it's great that there's no. You know, like we said, the exposition is very short, if there is any. Yeah. And it's really good. A lot of these movies suffer from, like, you know. Just the exposition is too long. Great score. Score, Horner is really on his game. uh, Yeah, I mean, Schwarzenegger is great in it. I mean, you can't fault any of the actors. I think they're, you know, even Vernon Wells. I mean, everybody's acting their ass off. Yeah, no, great, great, memorable performances. Every Um, other line out of this movie is memorable. I mean, the only things that you could really fault it for are the things like you said, like you can see the wires. Or you can see like the little catapults when the explosions go. You can see like the people being launched yeah. into the air, and the continuity is just horrible. Yeah, like the, but it's all just like technical stuff. Yeah, it's like, not like those things. But other than that, I think it holds up pretty well. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it certainly is uh, nostalgic. Great way for it. us to kick in our summer uh, festival of of twenty sixteen, <laughs> our, our summer extravaganza. Yeah. Uh, and like you know, a lot of movie, a lot of podcast would rag on this movie and i don't think we've ragged on it we're just laughing with it. i don't even know if we did that yeah i mean this is i mean this is really like a great another reason why schwarzenegger is a great actor it's a good movie it's it's really i i it just i think it holds up such a and then they really like we said they re-released it in, in 2007 on dvd and they might even got a blu-ray release as a special edition so it's great they they give you you want to watch the director's cut or the theatrical cut, and the only real difference is that there's a couple scenes put in of exposition, and then there's just more gratuitous violence. Yeah, you know, but it's good they have like a couple featurettes. There's some deleted scenes, like we said, that were just so bad they didn't want to keep in, and uh, it's really playing off of the Rambo, the Troutman. He's the warrior. Yeah, yeah. You want to come back? I can't come back, and then he's forced to come back. Totally. You know. So what would you give it? Uh, bu- buckets of pizza. <laughs> if I had to go buckets of pizza, I mean, in terms of what for eighties action, an example of what it is, that's like the penultimate. Yeah, it's five out of five. Five buckets you know? of pizza, and then as a sleepover, it's I, like, like I said, it was. It's like the most sleepover movie. Yeah, at all so the it's we've, we've started to like when we grade these movies, we've kind of almost made a distinction of are they. W- what is the movie itself versus what is it as a sleepover movie? I think you've kind of made that distinction. Yeah, because sometimes I feel like they, there's two different yeah, there's ways two different to categories. look at it. Not, I, don't, I wouldn't say with every movie, but there are certain movies where I... If, if we use that uh, scale here as a movie, I would say this is a solid as an action. I mean, what, when you go in to see an eight, uh, action movie, and, and uh, at that, an 80s action movie, what do you expect? What are your expectations? You look yeah, in to be yeah. like, 
are you looking at it to be like freaking like Amistad? I mean, not Amistad, Amadeus. It's like, <laughs> you know, we're like gone with the wind. Uh, either one. Yeah. Either one is a well, you know, weird uh, example. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, but I mean, it's like, are you looking at like is it a Saber and Private Ryan or something where you're like, wow, you know, I really learned something. It's, it's an action It's movie. a specific kind of movie. Yeah, you know what you're getting when you go in, so I don't know why your expectations would be that's and, a masterpiece. you know, it got well, uh, you know. It was a hit. Yeah, it was yeah, number one. But also it's like, even like critically, it was yeah. Like, it, it wasn't okay. like a raw deal or like Red Heat, which were okay in the box office. Like yeah. it wasn't like kind of like after I think Commando when he started getting these movies, then you get a lot of more of his. They're kind of B pick genre yeah. pictures, you know that are. But, forgettable. but I mean, like even the critics. I mean, it didn't really get that many bad reviews. I no, mean, it was pretty moderately, you know, well received. Yeah. So as an action movie, I would say it's four out of five or five out of five. It's a great '80s action movie. I mean, it has everything you wanted. It has breasts. It has gratuitous guns. It has gratuitous action sequences. And it should be noted, like a woman of color and like the main. Female, yeah, part you know, is and, and Bill Duke, I think, brings that up in one of the special features. He's like, you know, Radon Chan's there being a woman of color, you know, being, you know, even though she's a, f- uh, a woman in distress, she still is not like, uh, completely like, um, uh, you know, uh, stupid or, or you know, yeah, yeah. or just you know, she's able to take care of herself in situations, so she's not just inept, you know, so it, that's good too, and then it has. You know, it's it's like we said, it's the original Taken movie, which is which is awesome. <laughs> Alyssa Milano's great. Everybody's great in the movie. So I think it's a good four out of five for me or five out of five for action. And then for Sleepover, like you said, it's five out of How five. How can it not be? Yeah. Uh, as a movie that we can suggest going along with it, I never even thought about it. I got so involved with this. I mean, I would say just if I had to come up with something, I'd say First Blood Part Two, just for like same the year. same excess yeah. of like... You know, just like taking it everything up a notch in yeah. terms of like just explosions, everything. And you know what? I think for me too, to same stay in the same year, I would say Invasion USA. You know, Chuck Norris doing the same thing, which we have a we, Christmas cast. We did a Christmas because it's a Christmas movie. Little did we know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's another movie where eighty five excess. I feel like uh, Invasion of the USA to me is a little more darker. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, it's a little more, like, scary in a sense of, yeah. like, they play it a little more, like, fucked up as this yeah, movie's, yeah. like, light, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. So, I mean, even though, like, you know, maybe you wouldn't want to have your kids watch this if you're adverse to violence, um, Invasion USA is, like, a whole other animal. Like, you know, if you're into violence, it's fucked up as well, you know. Uh, I don't even know if there's even breasts in that movie, but um, this is a great movie all the way through. Yeah. Being the end, uh, like I said, Schwarzenegger's great in it. So that, those are our two recommendations, which is interesting. We're staying in '85. Well, it's like it certainly is a timestamp. What's right the What's the order? You think maybe start off with? Uh, well, I would say maybe you go Commando. Yeah, I was, and then maybe First Blood. Yeah, exactly, and or, then. Yeah, because then you, you kind of get like a little more serious in yeah, each step. Because the second, or, or you could go the other way if you want to start serious and then, and then end, get, and then light. If you're drinking, <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're if you're yeah, you want to start hard, you go. But I'd like, say that order with either, definitely first blood part two in the middle because yeah, yeah. that deals with like POW issues. Yeah, it's a little and more that serious. End, that end monologue is really to heart. It's yeah, really he falls he falls falls in love with that girl. Yeah, and she gets killed. Spoiler, and, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> So it's that's a really yeah. So de- I think part two, Rambo First Blood part two is definitely in the middle there. And if you want to go, if you're drinking and at the end of the movie you want to go light and you may not remember stuff to Commando. If you want to go light first and then get heavy by the end of the night. Yeah. If you want to end like a- yeah, <laughs> freaking Invasion USA is really really freaking freaky. So and and that's another podcast we have that 
you know, hasn't uh, maybe gotten his due a download. So if you have never seen Invasion USA, maybe that's the reason why I know, but not many people, not as many people have been downloading Because they haven't one. seen it. Maybe it's not as popular. And that's a gem. Game. That's a canon Chuck Norris gem of the 80s. And it just got released on Blu-ray from uh, Shout Factory, yeah, I think. So, so it's go available see it. now. I mean, that is just a perfect example of what Chuck Norris is and was uh, as an action star. He's amazing in that, but we could talk about that all day. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. So that was only about s- less than six months ago, maybe. Yeah, it was Christmas, the Christmas of cast. 2015. Yeah, so. it was one of our Christmas movies because it's Christmas time at the time, which is even more scarier. Um, so check us out on Facebook. Please go check us out on Twitter. Go like us, uh, add us, retweet us, share us, favor us, uh, tweet us. We talk to you back. Spread it's great. the word, too. Sp- you get the you word on the street. somebody that might be into this, let them know. Suggest it. Uh, please, uh, you know, check us out on Facebook. Check out our website itself because we have a lot of extras and stuff. I'll give you a link to that Malwin call on there and a lot of other stuff. That's documentary uh, we just talked about. say welcome to some of the – we've been getting new listeners from F This Movie yeah. crowd. Welcome to them. Thank you our- very much for coming along. We just did an interview with Film Wax. If you want to go check us out over there, uh, we did an interview for Film Wax, um, another podcast, which was really good, Film Wax Radio. Uh, Blake has a, a book coming out, Score to Death. Score to Death coming out very soon, summer of 2016, so it's right around the corner. I don't have an exact date yet, but when well, I do, I'll let you know. You'll be the second to know because Blake will be the first. <laughs> uh, check out Blake's p- Facebook page for Score to Death, which is kind of the, one of the sisters to, to the to our Facebook page, uh, like that, and, and check out, yeah, and check Twitter in there for too. updates. It's on Twitter as well, and uh, like I said, check our page out because we have a lot of extras there. And you probably know already, we're on iTunes, we're on Podroid, we're on Stitcher, we're on all those aggregates. And uh, hey, we got a really exciting, exciting summer coming up. It's Next be... two weeks from now is going to be an extravaganza, which I think we've we're making history in Saturday Night Sleeperdom <laughs> because we're actually doing a double feature in we're planning in a, on doing a double feature and covering that double feature in one podcast. And they're linked the movies as well as them being linked because they're the you know they're they're it's, I guess the tease will be there one movie and its sequel they kind of are back to back. And one movie ends and the second movie picks up. Not as much as the other movies. No, it's not like Halloween <laughs> 1 and 2, you know, or whatever. But it's it's fun. It's, you know, it's a hint. It's, it's going to be fun, exciting, and it's it's kind of going along with what's going on in the summer of 16 as well, movies coming up. So, I hope you've had a good time. We have other interesting picks. Yeah, we have a lot of weird extremes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's <laughs> a different end of the spectrum. Yeah, it's, it's basically like that old drug commercial. You like flying, we got some stuff that's really going to make you fly. So, hey, thank you very much for listening. Uh, check us out soon. Come back. We love you. And I'm going to get better soon. Hopefully, it's cold. Hey.